I truly think that now. we're being fucking blacked out on Instagram. And I think it's because we use, uh, because I use fucking conservative hashtags. Well, we are joined in studio today by a good friend of the podcast, Isaiah. <laughs> which you can find. She talks like a cult leader. She's got to be good. <laughs> She's you know got to be an incredible writer. Because the shit that she wrote and then said up there Dude. was awesome. Yeah, no, I like that shit. I'm definitely not a scientist. Don't read into that. Welcome to the salt of the streets. Coming at you every week with this food for thought. Hope you're ready to eat. With everything going on in this nation, we need some information. And that's why salt need to be stationed in your rotation. With real talk and real topics, real people, real problems. Think we need some help to solve them and leave it up to Colin and the Donovan. Cause that's the Let's get ready. And just like a red, white, and blue phoenix rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship, we are back to Salt of the Streets podcast. This is Saturday, August 3rd, 10.38 a.m., episode 65. Damn, I almost jumped (laughs) in I almost forgot, so... (laughs) Well, we're back, everybody, to the Salt of the Streets podcast, your one-only source for social and political commentary on all the weekly news, pop culture, and sports that you can handle. Best part about the whole deal is it's built from the ground up for people like you and me, the everyday normal person. So come down and join us as we discuss life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and continue our endless efforts to bridge the gap between people and information. As always, we are your hosts. I'm Colin. I am Donovan. And today... Isaiah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Today we, we are never joined. About it before. We just are <laughs> no. like, just throw them in. Yeah. So it's always the best because we it's whatever do. happens is always hilarious. <laughs> but we are joined in studio today by a good friend of the podcast, Isaiah. Isaiah. <laughs> Which you can find. You want to blow up your social media real quick? Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, Brooks underscore Isaiah. I'm not really politically activated like these guys, but uh, music. Sports, you know, sports and funny shit, stuff. Yep. healthy yeah. stuff. Yeah, exactly. it's the healthy version of Twitter. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, coming up on this week's show, we're going to be talking about the debates, the second round of Democratic candidate debates. There was two nights of them, so we're going to take a look at both those days, and then we're just going to kind of spin off into all the random categories that they did and talk a little about Isaiah's life and what he's been up to and what he's got going on and. We'll just kind of see where that takes us. I fuck with that. Right I like that a lot. It's going to be a good time. Um, yeah, the debates were on, what, Tuesday and Wednesday, right? That's yeah, when they were. Yeah. Um, and CNN just is a bunch of assholes. and They're such yeah. dog shit. Because the first time, I don't remember who, I think MSNBC hosted them the first time, and they were like streamed live on fucking Twitter and on yeah. fucking all the places on YouTube. And then immediately afterwards, the videos were there on YouTube and you can still go and find them. And CNN said, fuck y'all. Dude, are they up yet? If you're, no, no. I They're tried not? to find videos to send Isaiah so he yeah. could watch the debates and I couldn't find a single full video of the July fucking Democratic debates because they're assholes. Yeah, fuck CNN. Yeah. Straight up. Because they don't want people to watch their shit, apparently. I don't, I don't, I don't know uh, what, don't. like... Why wouldn't you want people to access your videos? Get a fucking millions of views on there. Like, I couldn't think of one good reason why they wouldn't be there. It's no. weird. They just want to fucking control that that flow of information. The only way that Morgan could watch his friend Morgan was on the CNN app because they somehow she's involved with CNN. And so mm. she logged onto the app and watched it on there. But couldn't find it on fucking – like Nowhere. it was on Twitter. Like I saw that you could oh, watch yeah. it on Twitter. But – 
on the CNN Twitter yeah, account. But no, and and like on various other ones, if you follow a bunch of news accounts, you know they were like streaming okay. on there somehow, you know. But like if you don't have Twitter, you know, mm-hmm. then that doesn't do you any fucking good. Morgan doesn't have Twitter, so I was like, well, first of all, Twitter is where it's at. Like, yeah, it's, you so know, Ginger Ninja got to get on. Yeah, yeah it's Twitter it's game. the vastly superior social media I have discovered. I oh, also. Yeah. Okay, so I think I decided this week that I'm pretty fucking certain that Instagram is on a blackout for us. Like, that they have blacked us out because we are getting, like, zero fucking likes on anything that we post. Which is really weird. It is because weird. Because we've got, a, like, what, like 200 followers or something like that. Super weird. I'm not sure I've seen you guys post anything in a while. Every week, Uh-oh. at least once a week, we're posting something on Instagram. I truly think right that now. we're being fucking blacked out on Instagram. And I think it's because we use... Because I use fucking conservative hashtags. I hashtag progressive, conservative, liberal, like all this stuff back and forth. I truly think that it's because I'm using conservative hashtags that people aren't seeing our shit on fucking on Instagram. I Because look at that. Look at that last post we did. It has no like zero fucking likes on it. Dude, we're like 10 or some shit like that. That's weird. Four. Okay. So, <laughs> right. So we have at least 100 followers, like two or something like that. Mm-hmm. Why do we have four fucking likes? Well, I would I would instantly go with the fact that apparently nobody likes what we're doing, but (laughs) because that would be the rational thought, right? But But we know that's not true because we get traffic on Facebook and on even on our Twitter on the fucking website. Even we're getting traffic, so people are definitely seeing our fucking Instagram. Well, Instagram's also kind of weird though with how stuff pops up on your timeline. Like it doesn't pop up from most recent, right? Or I guess they all kind of do that now, except for Twitter. But it, I don't even know. And Twitter, you have to. And Twitter, you have to choose, right? You have to go up and pick that you don't want to be at the home. You want to see the latest tweets, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So. That frustrates me personally because I feel like I don't know if people even know that, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they do that they're just not doing it, you know, because it frustrates me because it makes it harder for us as trying to grow a business that, oh, because people aren't seeing our shit, more people aren't seeing it because people aren't interacting with it. But no mm-hmm. one's seen it because no one's interacting with it. So how the fuck am I supposed to get people to interact with our shit if no one's going to see it because no one's interacting with it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's like – I'm thinking we must have – Caught the algorithm th- yeah. somewhere. Yes. So I truly, somewhere. I truly think that we are getting fucked on Instagram because we're using conservative hashtags. And I was like, I did not ever think this would be a hurdle for us, but we're fucking <laughs> a year in with like zero listeners, and apparently we're already a fucking target. Well, so, oh, you know what like it was? Said, like, Twitter's where it's at, anyways. So. Yeah. yeah. This is just true. really weird. Yeah. That like I'll check it in the morning and I'll have. Because a lot of the same people that follow me on my personal Instagram also follow the Salt of the Streets one, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'll get fucking 90 likes on my own personal post about a Salt of the Streets thing. Even if I just repost the thing from Salt of the Streets. Don't change anything at all. I just use a repost app. Mm-hmm. I'll get like 90 fucking likes. Our Salt of the Streets Instagram will get like four. How yeah. the fuck does that happen? How the fuck, dude? Because, I mean, maybe people are seeing it twice and they're only liking mine, but that seems weird. You know, that they would only like it when I, on my own personal Instagram, but not on the Salt Streets one that they're seeing you could two pictures down. You could be right now. So, yeah, exactly. so if, if you're <laughs> fucking me over, then fuck you. But I, but they, that seems weird, you know, that that would be the case. So. That's hilarious. So isn't that interesting? So, so why don't you help us not be fucked over by Instagram? Go ahead and check out our Salt of Streets Instagram uh, and you can peep all of our stuff there because every fucking week we post something on there. Yeah, that shit got me heated when I on Tuesday <laughs> when I was looking. Dumb. I was like, this something's not right here. Like something is not fucking right that this is not getting any type of traffic. So 
I'm going to watch that shit. I'm going to start really paying attention now because that fucking pisses me off. <laughs> and if we're getting caught up in an algorithm because we're being painted as conservative, I'm about to tear shit into Instagram. I'm reaching out to fucking Dave Rubin. I'm reaching out to Ben Shapiro. And people are going to hear about this shit because that's fucking nonsense. That we're not even conservative. We're pretty fucking moderate. Like, we're pretty middle of the road, I think. And we're getting blocked out on some stupid shit because conservative hashtags Fuck you, Instagram. There it was. We fucked with the PSA guys last week. There it is. You know Plus what I'm America saying? America guys, they're yep. coming after us now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. We yeah. Our social media. Go ahead and check out Salt of the Street Instagram. We have our uh, Salt of the Streets Facebook and our YouTube at Salt of the Streets. Um, That's we called have, a seamless segue. Right yeah, there. yeah. Uh, we have our own personal social medias. I am at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram and at Salt of the Street on Twitter. Colin is at Big Bird Offie on both of those things. Isaiah is at Brooks underscore Isaiah on Twitter. And our wonderful fucking theme song. We just want to shout out the guys at the upper left because God damn, this thing's incredible, man. We've had it for a couple months now and it's just, they deserve all the credit in the fucking world. We're going to get a Makaya back on here in a couple weeks because he just put out a, an EP a few weeks ago and it is fucking fantastic. Denzel, Denzel 2EM started a fucking blog on Facebook where that's literally called, I will argue with anyone about anything. <laughs> like that's like what it's called. And so he's just putting shit up there that he knows is clickbait that he knows is going to piss someone off so that he can just get into arguments. So we're going to have Denzel back on here and I'm going to have him just i'm gonna start just making a list of the things that i don't agree with so that when he does come on here i can be okay so let's talk about this let's talk about this talk about this so i'm not gonna do it on facebook but i think it'd be great to have him on here and talk about all that shit but i was a funny cat i haven't seen him in years he's he's really funny funny. i'm sharing his stuff i'm spreading it because i think it's great that he's doing that i think it's fucking awesome i mean i've only met him one time but I did not get the the argumentative vibe. From no, it. So <laughs> no, I just got this this lovable, you know, caring personality. Yeah. And I'm like, well, apparently he's also a shit talker. I Let's love get him. it. Let's yeah. get him. Yeah. So we're going to have him back on here. Because, and I told him, I was like, we have to have you back on so we can talk with us. And he was like, absolutely. So, <laughs> so Denzel going to be back on here. Makai going to be back on here. Makai just got married a couple weeks ago. Fucking mm-hmm. shout that's the fuck that. out, yeah, Makai. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm super happy for that. That's awesome. And I bet that's his awesome. wedding was lit. I saw lots of pictures and videos and it looked crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Might be racist, but I heard black weddings are always fucking lit. So, <laughs> you know. You know why? Why? Because there is a... <laughs> here's why. Here's why. Let me explain this to you, sir. Um, this is why black weddings are always lit. Let me tell you why. This is because I experienced this in the, the Latino world, right? It is a wedding, you know, plain Jane, plain Jane like white-ass American wedding is pretty boring yeah. a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like, the after party is pretty good, whatever. Things get lit. But that's just a regular-ass party. Yeah. But, like, in... Ecuador, I went down for my brother-in-law's wedding, and we partied all fucking night. I mean, we we had the ceremony at the church, did the whole thing, and went immediately back to the reception, and it just went, it went on for like 10, 12 hours. <sighs> that Damn. Point, I was tapping out. I was like, how do you fucking people do this? That's wild. I mean, there's like 70, 80-year-old people that just tear it up on the dance floor all night long. That's awesome. And so just... Knowing the fact that in the black community, there's just, there is a different culture there. Yeah. I think weddings, it totally makes sense. That's a very, it, every culture's weddings and their ceremonies and stuff are totally different. Yeah. And they always, it just, it never goes away because weddings have been done that way for probably thousands of years or at least hundreds and hundreds of years. They're not going to stop just because they moved to fucking America. Right. You know, it's, but I think that's awesome because there's so many, 
people that do weddings better than like the standard American one. It's fucking lame. Mm-hmm. White people weddings are stupid. They are, man. I just, I, it's fucking lame. I, mean, I just, I just went to a, a yeah, wedding. it was a pretty good little party. Yeah, it was just like someone's property, so mm-hmm. it was, it was just hanging pretty, out, kicking it. Yeah, it was nice. I definitely didn't mean to like shit all over your wedding. Talk. No, no, I don't, I don't. I'm fucking Mexican, bro. I don't give a shit. <laughs> no, oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, legit. Was, we had a little bunch of fucking like me and Jordan both have like two dads, you know, or mm-hmm. like a bunch of different father figures. So like her dad was there, my dad was there, her stepdad, and. And then it just like a bunch of like a couple of her uncles and shit and like my cousins and they're all drunk as fuck. You know, I don't mm-hmm. remember if you were there for that, if you'd left already, but there's a group of like five or six dudes that are in their like late fifties mm-hmm. and they're all standing on the dance floor with their arms around each other, passing around this fucking half gallon of Jack that my dad brought <laughs> in this fucking stroller, just getting shit housed, crying, fucking talking about me and Jordan and their kids. <laughs> like, oh, I was so man. fucking funny. I, I remember I left a little bit early because Chad had, had or wanted to leave, but he was tripping. Oh, he dropped acid. Yeah. He was <laughs> frying there at Chad fucking. So I wanted to make sure he made it home safe. Whoa. I love Chad Piazza. And I I am not at all mad that he did that because I trust him 100% to be frying and like not act a fucking fool because oh, yeah. I didn't know until months later when he was like, we're talking about the wedding. He was like, oh man, I was frying so hard. And I was like, what? And he was like, oh yeah, I took like fucking two, three tabs or whatever. He's like, I was frying when I was there. So he was obviously just fine. You know, yeah. like I wasn't at all oh, mad he that he did that. Composed. I thought it was funny. I think the beer yeah. helped a lot, but. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. Yeah. And I'm like, I had no idea. And he was like, oh yeah, I was fucked up. So <laughs> Yeah. So I was like, yo. I'm going to make sure you like drive yeah. home safely because you got a ways to go. Yeah, no, I'm not so. mad at that. Trent, <laughs> Trent left early too because Dude. him and, and the other dudes in, in like the wedding party, Curtis and David, they started drinking two, three hours before the wedding and I was too nervous that I wasn't trying to drink anything. I was just trying to smoke, mm-hmm. but we had a rig with no torch and then Jordan brought... Um, our weed, but nothing to smoke it with. Dang. Like no papers, no fucking pieces, nothing. Back so to junior like, high, where you got what a the fuck break? is going on here? Yeah, so I'm just trying to just not die. And Curtis went out and tapped one of the kegs like two hours early, and someone tried to stop him, and he was like, "Fuck you!" Like, <laughs> like I'm the best man. I'm gonna tap this keg, and I was like, he was like, "Is that fine?" I was like, "I don't give a shit, dude." I told him, I was like, "If anyone tries to stop you, just tell them to fuck off." Like, yeah. I don't, like I don't care, you know. Like don't throw up when you're standing up there, but I don't dude. give a shit what you do. So, you guys just fucking blew right over this thing, but some guy at your wedding sat there frying on acid the entire time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chad. Now, Chad's- think about this. Right? <laughs> I love Chad. like in fucking some kind of crazy formal attire. There's all these decorations around. He was in a tie, too. He was in like a he was yeah. in a tie and a button-up shirt. He looked this really nice. This dude wearing a Ray-Bans the whole time. Oh, and he, oh, had, nice. he had his dreads at the time, yep. too. He had dreads yep. like as He's big as Isaiah, so a whole big fucking head full of dreads was But awesome. imagine what fucking <laughs> fantasy yeah. world that would have looked oh, like to him the whole sure time. That motherfucker had a better wedding than anybody. Well, and it was supposed to rain, so we had hung up blue tarps above, like where we did the ceremony. So I bet he was just tripping yeah. balls because <laughs> the whole thing it was, you know, it was just bright blue tarps above him. Everywhere. Yeah, so I bet he was just having a great fucking yeah. time. I'm fucking sure. Shout out to Chad. He's getting the fucking. Dude. Uh, Oh, Piazza goes hard. Slim mm-hmm. is the shit. I fuck with him. I love Chad. That's, That's the fucking right Doc Ellis Award. He gets the fucking Doc <laughs> yeah, Ellis Award. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's the new yeah. award I want to give out to anybody that just can drop a bunch of hallucinogens and just go through life. Chad is that guy. Super that is fucking post. awesome. Yes. Yeah, Chad has been on some crazy shit. And mm-hmm. 
He's a good guy. He's doing really good. Chad has the shit out of that. Has been in some dark places in his life and is making an amazing comeback. And I'm oh, yeah. immensely proud. Him and Joby, mm-hmm. fucking our friend Joby is gonna be the only person who's not in the draft because he's on house arrest. And I'm like, I'm not even mad, dog. Like, I'm not even mad because you can't leave your house. Like, so that's fine. And I'm like, mm-hmm. me and Isaiah and Chad, we'll draft your team for you. Like, you'll be good to go. You know? But he left like like Micah's barbecue because he's like, I gotta get a, I gotta go to A. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's awesome, dude. Like, I'm fucking proud of you. Like, I'm proud that you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. even if you're like, I don't want to go, like the court told you to go and you're actually doing Mm -hmm. it. Like you, you know what I'm saying? You knew you were in trouble. You went and you turned yourself in. You're like, I'm just trying to get straight with the fucking law, you know, and move on. That's awesome. Like, I don't. That's dope. We've got any number of friends that have made all kinds of choices that I wouldn't necessarily agree with, but Mm -hmm. we fucking love them, you know? It's the way you handle it. Yeah. And it makes me happy that they're coming to points where they're like, no, I'm ready to fucking like straighten out and, you know, mm-hmm. like do whatever. Like that's, I like seeing that shit, you know? And that's the was, way, yeah. that's the way, like if there wasn't as severe fucking punishments, I think when, especially when it comes to like drug crimes and like alcohol crimes, it's like most people just fuck up or they're in bad spots and they just do what they need to, to get through. It's like, they're not cold, hardened fucking criminals and shit. Mm -hmm. It's like throwing them in fucking max security prison is not going to do them any good whatsoever. And if we had a fucking justice system that wasn't, was more approachable and you can put a little bit more, if it wasn't so terrifying, like you're not going to, you're going to get locked in a cage for the rest of your fucking life because you fucked up one time. People might be more apt to like try to get a little help if they feel they need it or right. do the right thing and like kind of come clean in certain situations because you're like, Hey man, I'd rather just come clean, take care of this, make it right. And then move on with my life. Right. Whereas if there is no moving on with your life, there is no fucking shot at redemption. It's just a fucking cage for the rest of your life. You're not going to fucking step up. Who well, won? And a lot of it's chance, Very right? Really, at least. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. a lot of it's chance, right? Because, I mean, not to like speak for Isaiah, but you and I have made a lot of the similar choices that Chad and Joby have made in their lives. Not mm-hmm. exactly the same, but very similar choices. We never got caught up. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're lucky oh, that lot, we did shit and never got caught up. I you don't know? preach that to this day. Yeah, I'm and extremely lucky. I'm they, not in trouble for anything. You know what I'm saying? We did some, some shit mm-hmm. and we just never got caught. Mm-hmm. You know, there was that time that Cody and I fucking crashed that truck that yeah. there's no reason that him and I didn't both go to fucking jail and mm-hmm. I was, I was gone. There's no reason we didn't both go to fucking jail. And he drove his truck home that night. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, there's so much luck that kept us out of fucking jail, that kept us out of the system so that we are not in the same place that they have found themselves in, you know? that. And neither of them, Chad and Joby, just, just as examples, not that they're our only friends who make <laughs> poor choices, but like they, neither of them, they're both some of the best fucking guys I've ever met in oh, my entire life, you awesome. know, but they come from places where they didn't have the same opportunities or the same faculties that other people did, you know, mm. so they're in school and the teachers don't give a shit about them and they don't have enough people to tell them to just do it anyway and finish school and just move on, you know, mm-hmm. so not that they didn't, but like they, they're fucking selling drugs and shit, you know, and they're like, they're like, well, it doesn't matter because i'm just gonna do this instead and you know whatever the fuck like there's just a difference in your surroundings and your environments the things that you come from that help color those choices you know that that color the opportunities you even see as possibilities for yourself you know if you don't think anyone gives a shit about you not that either of them feel this way but if you're coming from a place where you don't think anyone gives a shit about you you're not going to care about finishing school or going to school or getting a good job because no one gives a fuck anyway you know well i'm just going to sell drugs i'm just going to do gang shit because no one fucking cares anyway and if i die if i go to prison it doesn't fucking matter you know i mean you know what i mean you know what i'm saying yeah these people care and that's and that's how you get it involved in shit like that, you know? And that's sometimes you get fucking down to a dark bed. Fucking, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. 
And I it's think an, that yeah, that really it makes me think about like the singular path that kids are put on in America. Like we may we have this misconception, I think, for for. I don't want to just say kids, but anybody under the age of 18 while you're growing yeah. up, you know, there's only one path for you to go more or less. And that's right. just to go to school. Yeah. You just have to go to school. It's mandated by law, all this garbage. And then you just kind of, you I mean, you could do whatever you want on the side. But I mean, for the main path that sets you towards your adult life and, and your future, there's only one way to go. School. And even with kids, just like we know when we're adults... Not everybody is going to join the corporate system or fucking join the military. There's a million and a half places you can go, and everybody takes a different fucking path. Why do we think that up until you're fucking 17, 18 years old, you have to be on this singular path? Right. It doesn't make sense. There's a lot of people, especially in today's world, where the system doesn't work for them Mm -hmm. because it's a shitty fucking system. It's pretty goddamn utilitarian and very little nuance for like the differences in humanity. And to force everybody to follow that, I mean, you're going to lose people along the way. Like you said, right. it's one path. Like, yeah. why, is, why is it so singular? Why is it so one-dimensional, I guess? Yeah. You know? when, it, when it splits up so much at, at the end of that path, yeah. you know? Like, at, at the end, it splits off into a thousand fucking million different ways, you know? But yeah. until then, it's, and I, I agree with that. I obviously think there's a, a baseline that everyone needs to, you know, learn how to fucking read and write and shit like that. And, like, there's basic math that's just going to benefit you but in your life, But there's a lot know? of different ways to teach people that yes. shit. Yeah, there's way other shit. And that's even... You know, like I know, I'm I'm a good example. You know, I'm not a fucking stupid, but public school was not my thing. Like that's that style of learning was not at all the way that I learned. It didn't seem like it was the way that you know was effective most for you to learn. You know, like we figured it out. You know, but it not with any help from any teachers who actually gave a shit, except for fucking two or three, maybe. You know, like you, yeah, you've got when you have a series of forty, fifty teachers in your school career, but you have four that actually give a fuck that you graduate. Mm Even if you do care about school, that doesn't make you want to fucking try very hard because no one there actually gives a shit about whether or not you're doing the work in their class. They're Mm -hmm. like, if you don't do it, that's fine. I don't give a fuck, you know? But you've got teachers like Mr. Huff or like I had Mr. Chapin, like a couple of people. Mr. Hurd for me, Mr. Hurd. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Hurd. Absolutely. That give a fuck. They're like, you you, want to graduate. I want you to graduate. You're going to do better if you graduate. You're going to feel happier if you graduate. And like, just get it done, you know? Like, mm-hmm. let's figure out a way that maybe this book doesn't work for you, so let me fucking figure something else out, you know? When I did get suspended, I came back, I had to retake sophomore history, and so I got into honor sophomore history. It was at least a little bit harder. And Mr. Huff, I had taken that him with him in sophomore year, had the same teacher junior year, and he was one of the only teachers that sent me work while I was gone. And then when I came back, he knew that I knew the material, so I was essentially just a TA in his class. Mm-hmm. I didn't take the tests. I, he would hand one to me, and I would take it, and then grade the other tests off of the test I had taken. I didn't do projects. I didn't do homework. I graded the other people's homework. That's, cool. That's how I passed that class. So I was a student <laughs> enrolled in that class in honors history, but he was like, hey, you don't need to be doing this. Like you were here last year. I know that you're not trying to fuck around now. So just get it done. And like, you'll have the grade, you know, and I mm-hmm. passed that class with an A when I didn't really do any fucking work. You know, I graded the other work. I helped the other kids. I did that other shit that was only a one year age difference between I was a, supposed to be a junior, but was still a sophomore for like a half a year or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the sophomores that had just come in, you know, that's one teacher I had that yeah. made that that type of adjustment to try and help me out, you know, to try and give me a little more responsibility to like make me step up to the plate, you know. And that's, well, we talked about that's that unfortunate. Like what month and a half or so ago with uh, Morgan again, 
and she was telling the story about how she had a couple teachers that she yeah. still remembers to this day. Like, I don't really remember any. I don't think I had a teacher that was that impactful on my life. Yeah. And to think about those numbers real quick. You're in school, you know, for how many fucking years? Twelve, and you deal with like how many fucking 13, teachers? Yeah. And if if the vast majority of them do not have a significant impact on your life, something is severely fucking wrong. Yeah. Severely fucking wrong. And I, I mean, th- lots everything. of us as kids and teenagers, we're shitbags, so yeah. let's not, like, look past that. But. Right. That's true. Fucking snot-nosed I mean, they, little fucking punk-ass teenagers. Yeah, exactly. There should be some consideration into that, though, definitely. Like, hey, I'm about to be a high school teacher. I'm about to be dealing with a bunch of little assholes, you know? Well, especially mm-hmm. especially kids like <laughs> yeah, us, exactly. you know, that we we were fucking <laughs> selling drugs and shit on the side, you know? And we're mm-hmm. like, dude, this doesn't fucking matter. Like, this doesn't, you know? We got to be here because we'll go to fucking juvie if we don't come here, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm, you know, I'm going to leave at lunchtime probably because I don't really need to be here. And I'm going to make a couple hundred dollars today and everything is going to be fine afterwards, you know? Like, it's, it's just a, uh, I don't know, you know? It's a strange deal. And you have, like... As let's say there's a kid who's going through high school and yeah. he's on the corner fucking slinging drugs right. in the stereotypical fashion, um, he's learning a hell of a lot to run his little under the ground business. I mean, yes, there's weights and measurements and there, there's all this math. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's yeah. interpersonal <laughs> skills. I mean, there's a lot of shit going on that you're learning. Right. It, it's not everything you need to learn in that that prime of your life where you're setting the foundation of your education for the rest of your life not everything that you can learn should be learned from a fucking textbook right you know it doesn't make sense it does there's no real world implication to you if you're just reading shit out of a textbook and some fucking teachers teaching some syllabus to so that you could pass your standardized test yeah but that's a huge fucking conversation about education reform and all that but I think there's just to point out that even for the troubled kids that are growing up, a lot of the time they get into that trouble is just because they're not being reached in a way that they need to be reached. When we are not even like, like we were involved in drugs and shit, but like we're not even from like a city. You know, we lived Mm -hmm. in Bremerton. Like we live in a small town. So like if kids like us are getting caught up in that shit, you know, in the city, like like in fucking Chicago or in Seattle or some shit like that, it's 10 times worse because it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's so concentrated. Like Mm -hmm. it's so there isn't the, like when I went home, I went to the fucking suburbs, you know, Mm -hmm. like I was, I was still selling pot and shit, but I still went home to the suburbs to sleep at night, you know? And like I'm, you know, I'm not fucking hard. I never was fucking hard or anything. I just was selling pot and shit, you know, and like was willing to throw down and shit. But were someone from the city, an actual legitimate drug dealer to fucking punk me, I would be fucking punked because that guy's going to have a fucking strap Almost like it. You know what I'm saying? Like we're fucked. We were just kids who were getting into shit that we shouldn't have been in. But if it's that easy for kids like us to get in that, you know, it's that much easier for people in the city to get in that and that much harder for them to get the fuck out of it, yeah. you know, that we were able to relatively easy step into it and then step back when we were done and be like, well, I'm going to go work in the shipyard. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go, go and do this. Like, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to go and do other shit, you know? So when you live somewhere where it's so deeply ingrained and the other people around you haven't been making other choices, it's 
that like I said, that much harder mm-hmm. to get the fuck out of that, you know? And that's how you get into a lifestyle of that where it continues until you're 35 fucking 40 years old that you're still out gangbanging and shit, you know? Because that's like, that's what you have. That's what you know. And that's what the people around you know, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Try switching from that to a fucking straight nine to five cubicle. That ain't going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Some, Just learn to code. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. No, stupid shit. So that's good. I like yeah. that shit. So uh, that's a pretty good segue for us to go ahead and get into the debates, right? right. So on Tuesday, we can we can start on something that's kind of related to that. We can start with some cannabis shit, right? Uh, that'll kind of spin us off. So, so I, I got a question for you let's guys. Let's hear it, dude. Why? Why do we hold these debates? Why are the debates thing? Maybe you guys already talked about it. <laughs> no, we no, haven't. So I ask myself that every time I watch it. What the fuck is so, this? Maybe when were the first debates held? Like, yeah. Um, like, so uh, I don't know when the first, I mean, debates politically in America have been a thing since the very beginning. Okay. Like, we've always done that. Mm-hmm. It's always been, used to be at a point where, like when Abraham Lincoln was running, right? Mm-hmm. Him and whoever the fuck he was running against, Douglas or some shit, they had 15 minutes at a time. That they were going on. They're talking shit about this guy in an eloquent way. They're talking about what they're going to do. They're talking about what they've done. You know, when I served, I did this. When I was a lawyer, I did this. Mm -hmm. This guy's a piece of shit. He's fucking fake. You know, he has fucking a fake dick or whatever. They said all kinds of weird shit in really fancy ways back in the day. You know, it was weird. For 15 minutes at a time. Which is crazy because, I mean, media compared... Yes. From then to today. It's right, because <laughs> now, like at the last debates, uh, the first round of debates this time were in June. And then mm-hmm. these ones were in July. And these ones were happening a little bit earlier that we'll get into that a little bit. But this time around, they had one minute to, to respond to a question, 15 seconds to elaborate if they were asked to elaborate. And then if someone called them out, if you invoke someone else, then you get 15 seconds to respond to whatever they said. Super different from the way that it used to be, like I said, when you're getting 15 minutes at a clip and you're mm. talking, right? So part of the reason these ones are happening so early is these are primary debates, right? So these are for you to decide, for everyone to decide who the Democratic candidate is going to be to run against President Trump, mm-hmm. right? And then there's presidential debates later on that are going to be between President Trump and whoever the fuck this candidate is. Mm-hmm. So these ones are happening a little bit earlier, not a whole lot, because – Iowa and like a couple other states do their primaries and their caucuses super early in the year, super early in the cycle, Mm -hmm. right? So that's why these are happening now because Iowa and like Michigan or some shit and Pennsylvania or whatever the fuck, there's like three or four states that all open up really early. So all these candidates have been in these other states, if they're smart, for several weeks now. Just doing rallies and meeting with people and shaking hands and kissing babies, kissing babies, pressing the flesh so that they can win over the people in Iowa to get these states early to try and get more votes for them to be in the primary. Okay. So you have to get X amount of what are called delegates, right? There, mm-hmm. each party has different delegates in the states. And so you have to go to those states, convince those delegates to vote for you. So you get the votes from that state in the Democratic National Convention to be the candidate okay, gotcha. so it's a huge fucking drawn out long process so basically <clears throat> what i gathered from it was, yes. it was it's just a big kind of a big pissing contest with right now especially yeah right now especially um and we were kind of talking about that before when we were talking about healthcare, mm-hmm. right part of the reason you know that it's a big pissing contest is because 
all these people are up there, 20 people or 10 people each night. They all have a different plan. They're all saying that it's going to work. They're all saying it's the way to go. They're all saying they can pay for it without raising taxes. You can't all be right. You know, yeah. one of you is lying, whether you know about it or you're just being told things that aren't correct and you're, you know, repeating them. Mm-hmm. One of you is not telling the truth at least. And it's probably about half of you. You know, that just are, are lying whether you know it or not. Yeah. You know, so that's part of the reason you know, like you said, that it's a pissing contest mm-hmm. because we talked about there's no way that you're going to add $3 trillion to the expenditure of the United States every year and we're not going to pay for it on our paychecks. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. You can't take away an entire industry, make it government based in healthcare, give it to us and we don't pay for it at mm-hmm. all. It's not going to work. Even if you, tax the living fuck out of the richest people in this country that's not enough money for us to all have health care and for us to not pay for it at all because it's a shit it's, of fucking money. it's just not feasible you know and so even when you have like elizabeth warren who's talking about a wealth tax right mm-hmm. so she's talking about taxing like the top whatever fucking percent of the united states just based off of how much money they have mm-hmm. and then there's also if you make what is it, fifty million dollars? Is that what it is, or is it seventy-five million dollars? Something it's fifty. Yeah. So you, the first fifty million dollars you make is taxed at a regular, you know, whatever your income level is, and then after that, you're getting taxed at seventy-five percent of however much money you're making after that. You know, That's all crazy. of the money you make after fifty million dollars is taxed at seventy-five percent. That's crazy. Well, yeah. What the fuck? Mm. Like you're not even half. I don't even get to keep half of mm. the money that I'm making after that, right? So one of the things that we've talked about when we talk about taxes in in general, an idea that Colin and I really like prescribe to the, again, we're not economists, so we don't know whether or not it's feasible, but why are you not incentivizing people with money to donate to shit that needs money and give them tax breaks, right? Mm-hmm. So give me a tax incentive. If, if you need me to donate $20 million to Medicare to keep it afloat, incentivize me with my taxes to give you $20 million. Mm-hmm. Do what the fuck you want with it and then let me not pay taxes on the rest of my shit. Because yeah. I just gave you $20 million. You know That's what you need in the end. Mm. So why don't you work with me as an individual? I'll be willing to give you $20 million. As a big if, corporation. Yeah, if, yeah, if, exactly. yeah, or even mm-hmm. if I am fucking Bill Gates or a rich person who doesn't donate all of their money. You mm-hmm. know, If I'm a billionaire, you need $20 million from me. Hit me up. Yep. Ask me. You know, Tell me that you need $20 million from me and then- Just give me a write-off. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then next year you don't have to pay taxes on the houses you own, you know, mm-hmm. or some shit like that. Incentivize me, you know, mm-hmm. something that's going to at least be worth about $20 million mm-hmm. to me to make me at least feel like I'm not getting fucked. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll still get what you need and I'll be happy at the end of the day. I'm not going to be bitching because you're taxing the fuck out of me because you talked to me about it. You know, mm-hmm. I went to the IRS or you came to my house. Better yet, you sent an IRS agent to my house so I can be in my fucking robe, drinking scotch smoking a fucking ciggy and we can talk about it. And you're like, listen, at the end of the day, all the, you know, all the other people at the top 500 richest people in the world or in the United States, we talk to the rest of them. This is what we need from you. For Mm -hmm. sure, dog. Here you go. I'm happy about it. You know, I don't know why that's not feasible. Mm -hmm. Like that's not, I also like the idea of, like choosing shit that you pay taxes into, you know, there's some mm-hmm. shit, police, fire department that you got to pay taxes into, mm-hmm. you know, the roads and whatnot. There's other tertiary things. Like if you don't want to pay tax money to Planned Parenthood because you're misinformed and you think they're only performing abortions, then don't. Yeah. But if you lose your job and you need to go to Planned Parenthood to get healthcare and you need to get some type of something, fuck you yeah. because you didn't want to pay for them. You know, mm-hmm. that's how it used to be. And this is not right, but that's how it used to be with police and fire departments and shit. You had to pay oh, a yeah. tax. And if you didn't pay it and your house was on fire, they're like, 
sorry, bitch, you didn't pay your bill. I'm not putting your fucking house out because you're an asshole, Mm -hmm. you know, or you don't have money, whatever. So there's some shit you got to pay towards because you need some police. You need fire Mm -hmm. department. You need people to protect you. But like, if you truly, like I said, are misinformed and don't want to pay for a Planned Parenthood because you think all they're doing is abortions, you know, Mm -hmm. then that's fine. But like I said, if you lose your job and you need birth control, you need fucking condoms. Fuck you, dog. You didn't want to pay for it. So you're going to get the fuck out. Kick rocks, dog. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look up your name on my computer. And if it's not here, you're not getting it because you didn't want to pay for it. You know, and maybe that's cold. But if you don't have the foresight to consider that other people need it, you might need it one day and see the value in it. Then that's on you, man. Also, be a double-edged sword depending on how many people agree with Planned Parenthood. Yes, yes, and that's and that's why I feel like said I don't you know I don't know Mm -hmm. if this will work, but that paired with this other system of so we have you know the general population that's paying this much percent Mm -hmm. of Planned Parenthood. That's funny at fifty percent of what the government usually does. So now I know I got to go and talk to these other people, the richest people in the country, and I know that I among these five hundred people or whatever. I got to come up with this other $20 million, you know? So I'm going to hit up these other people that I know give a shit about Planned Parenthood. They've given to it in the past. And I'm going to tell them, hey, I need this much. We'll give you this, whatever, you know? That's how you cover that other percent that the general population is not covering. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that works. Sitting here getting high, I'm like, that's a fucking great idea. Why, <laughs> why isn't anyone running on that? Because that sounds good to me, dog. But, you know, I don't have a think tank that's willing to run a study for me and tell me if that works. But it seems... With, you know, my fucking little mini brain, it seems like that's feasible. You know, that seems like a a fair idea to work with everybody, kind of make everyone at least a little bit happy with what they're doing Mm -hmm. and maybe save some motherfuckers some money on their taxes, you know? If Andrew Yang has a hard time selling, giving $12,000 a year to every individual in America, yeah, that's going to be a tough sell. So that's these the people are not guy, right. Yes, yeah. What, yeah. what is he? What What's his big thing? Word. So Andrew Yang is running. He's running on AI, right? His mm-hmm. His big concern is artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. right? Is that people are being automated out of their jobs? Mm-hmm. People who are even truckers, right? People. There are companies that are making self driving trucks. That soon enough, a truck driver won't be a job because mm-hmm. a robot will be doing it anyway. You it know? is. It is the. I think the single most popular job in America, too. Yeah, he said in 29 states, that's the top job Twenty nine truck driver. Yep. And so, I mean, you know, in almost, in over half of America, that's the yeah. most popular job is being a truck driver. Mm-hmm. So, truck drivers, people who work in offices, people, telemarketers, fucking call centers, anything that a robot can do, eventually a robot's going to be doing that. You know, mm-hmm. all those people who have that jobs are going to be displaced out of a job. And if you've done that for 30 years and then you get automated out, you don't have another skill and you may not have time to learn another skill. If you're fucking 55 years old, it's going to take you a long time to learn how to do something mm-hmm. else because you're 55 years old. You're just out of like the peak of learning shit. You know, mm-hmm. you've been driving a truck for 35 years old at that time. You right. Know I mean, you're that's what you that got, shit. you know, that unless you've <laughs> been doing, doing something else. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so at one point there was this whole deal of, you know, a journalist was like, Oh, people should learn to code. You know, like, learn to code. Okay, well, how fucking disingenuous to tell someone who's been a coal miner for 30 years will just learn to code. Yeah. Motherfucker probably doesn't even own a computer, dog. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't have any fucking use for that. He's working 18 hours a day, going home, sleeping for six, and going back to work. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't use a fucking computer. Guy probably has a fucking flip phone, you know? So to tell him to learn to code is is ridiculous, yeah. right? So Andrew Yang is like my idea is called the Freedom Dividend, right? Which is maybe the greatest name for anything ever, Never. right? If you think that you don't have freedom now, let me give you more freedom, right? So this thing is that like we you know, we all buy into America by being here and having jobs and shit like that. And so you deserve dividends. 
you deserve a dividend from your country, so I'm going to give you the freedom dividend, right? Just like a an investor in a business. Yeah, yeah. Know? So it's called the idea is universal basic income. Everyone mm-hmm. in the United States, you opt into a program that you get a thousand dollars a month, right? And that can, if you have a regular job, can help offset your cost for stuff, so that you're saving a little bit of money, you're doing whatever with it. The idea is that you spend it to put it into the economy, mm-hmm. right? So because it stimulates the economy that way, but also. If you only have a part-time job, it helps you pay your bills. You know, if you have a full-time job like us, maybe we don't have to work overtime or mm-hmm. we can invest our thousand dollars in a podcast every month and make mm-hmm. it better. You know, we oh, buy yeah. better cameras. The amount so of equipment alone that we could yeah. do with twelve thousand dollars every year, twenty-four thousand dollars combined, Colin and I, the amount of money we could put into this podcast and make it so much fucking better, you know, and get it off the ground so much quicker. You know, mm-hmm. would be incredible. I wouldn't have to work overtime. I, that's I don't mm-hmm. make a thousand dollars extra a month in overtime. You know, oh yeah, a couple hundred dollars maybe. So, thousand dollars a month sounds like an excellent idea. You know, well, and dude, I mean, really there's great. so many things. One of the biggest problems millennials have is yeah. in home buying, right? Because yeah. the fucking houses are so expensive, it's hard to get in. An eighteen-year-old kid starts collecting a thousand dollars a month. Auto puts that shit in the savings. Goes goes to college for yeah. three four years. I don't know. Fucks around, gets a job. By the time he's twenty five, he's got a shit ton of money saved up. He goes out and buys a fucking house. Mm-hmm. John right. starts his life. Yeah. Gets married, has a family. Boom, the whole nine yards. He, there's it removes a lot of that that danger and that hesitation into making like right. a big life altering purchase like mm-hmm. that. It makes it a little easier. You could still get by. You can use it to help maybe pay for rent and allow you, like you said, to save money yeah. again. So that you can do something big like buy a car, buy a house, buy a piece of land, something so that you'll be better off 10 years from now. It's not, it's not even people. So many people think that it's just going to be a thousand bucks a month. People are going to just start going out and buying frivolous shit. And yeah, a lot of people will do that, but a lot of people will just hold on to it for a little while until they can really use it. Mm -hmm. And then boom, they're a whole nother step up in life. And I think he's got a good argument, but. It's not really that realistic, I think, in today's world. But I did pull up real quick before we go any further the the rough schedule for the rest of the debates. Um, so we've already had in June was the first one. Um, we just finished up in July, our yeah. second one. And then uh, Congress goes on recess in August. So we're not having one in August. Mm-hmm. Um, September. September. And I think in September is when they really start to funnel down the candidates by yes. upping the requirements for you know some sometimes it's like poll numbers and so individual what is, donations and, so right now yeah it's you have to be pulling in either one percent in four national polls or have sixty five thousand individual donors spread across x amount of the united states just to show that it's not like just your district that's holding you up if you're a representative mm-hmm. you got two hundred thousand people in your district and most of them like you mm-hmm. you can get sixty five thousand dollars probably pretty quick or sixty five thousand donors yeah. probably pretty quick right so this second time around you have to have two percent polls in four national polls and 135,000 i think individual donors spread across x amount of the united states and so So, we're going to start to see candidates fall off i think we only have like six or seven people that are in for sure right now and it's like bernie sanders joe biden elizabeth warren pete Buttigieg. I think Kamala Harris is in there. For now. Um, I think Amy Klobuchar is like right on the cusp. Um, I think Cory Booker's in there. Beto O'Rourke is in there. So, oh 
So, and Cory Booker may or may not be in there. So it's like seven or eight people that are yeah. for sure going to be debating in September and all the rest of them. Andrew Yang is pulling at like 3% right now. So if yeah. he can get more donors, he'll be there. Tulsi Gabbard has good donors. I think just needs more polls. Mm-hmm. So there's some people that can do it. And most of them made a good impact in the last debate that they have enough time to try and get she that. She kind of stood out to me as how she presented herself i guess fucking we should love the way she spoke yeah so before we move on to that i want to talk just for a moment again about the ubi because i don't want to skip over the cost part of it right okay. paying for it because that's a, a big thing that andrew yang talks or the people ask yes. about it. how are you going to pay for it mm-hmm. how are you going to give people what it's like a, a billion dollars or some shit like that a year that you're giving to all these people right mm-hmm. so I, maybe not that much something like that right so part of his deal is the Part of it is you're taking from what they're calling or what it's called entitlement programs, right? Food stamps and shit like that. That part of the idea is that they would, if you're on that right now, this thousand dollars will help replace that. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of getting food stamps and getting housing assistance, whatever, you're getting a thousand dollars a month instead mm-hmm. that will equal and in most cases exceed what you're receiving in government assistance now, you mm-hmm. know? And so part of it from entitlements, part of it from a, a tax on, I think like, like a sales tax or some shit. Like it's like a yeah, slight it's, increase. It's called a value added. Tax. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Right. Um, and then I think part of it also so like, like a, a federal sales tax. E- yeah, kind of. Yeah. 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 So everything that you'll pay for, whether you're ordering shit on Amazon or going to the grocery store, will have like a couple cents extra in that tax. Yeah. Because a value added tax, you can, you can make it almost to the point, you can make it so small to the point that you don't actually feel it. Because it's a consumption tax and we have so much consumption in America, you won't even notice it and you'll be raising a fuck ton of money. So people are real buying quick. shit so much. If, yeah. we, if America bought less stuff, then it would be a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. But yes. people are buying so much shit all the time. That yeah. You give a majority of people a thousand bucks a month, they're yeah. going to be spending a lot more money. Exactly. The majority of people. And, and that's part of the that's idea of is, is that even if you have money, it's, you can opt into it. So if you make a billion dollars or however much, you don't have to get it mm-hmm. because a thousand dollars will make no fucking difference to you. Mm-hmm. If you if you make several million dollars a year, thousand dollars is just a negligible amount of money. You yeah. know, it's but not if, worth the effort to even right. sign up. But if you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, a thousand dollars is still like that'll you can still do something with a thousand dollars, you know, that'll still make a difference. You're still buying things that are a thousand dollars. You're like, well, maybe I'll wait, you know, like another day or like another month or whatever, mm-hmm. and then I'll do it. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you have money saved, you can still spend it, and it's just adding to the economy, it's mm-hmm. just stimulating the economy yeah. more. So, all the businesses that you buy stuff from, yeah. they'll gain from that kind of stuff, just like you'll gain and the ability to buy more shit or better yourself Create in some things. way, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I think it's, it's really helped for, for like this massive wave of artistic folks we have in yeah. the millennial generation that are due to things like SoundCloud, YouTube and podcasts and YouTube are out there creating content of some kind that people are consuming in some fashion for entertainment, yeah. or information, whatever. And now you're just, you're adding a whole nother, industry you're it's a boost of capital into that industry which may allow people to step away from their fucking shitty jobs to focus more on what they really like to do and people obviously have a market for it so they're buying into this thing and just a all in all like a a good economical societal shift i think yeah i guarantee you mental health would fucking go down because now you're not forced into such a tight spot all the time Mm -hmm. you don't have maybe you don't have to keep that super fucking shitty job right you can go do something you like for less money because you know you have an extra thousand bucks a month guaranteed Mm -hmm. you can still live your life the way you want right the opportunities are endless yeah and i really really like that idea 
Yeah, I just yeah. didn't. I just didn't want like I didn't want people to be like, "Well, you guys didn't even talk about much of the cost. It's gonna fucking bankrupt the country mm-hmm. because people who don't agree with Andrew Yang or don't know mm-hmm. who he is don't know that, what the fuck he's talking about." That's that kind of goes with inflation, like, though, doesn't it? Like, oh yeah, the whole yeah. oh we need more money because right. everything is so expensive. Yeah, right. Because you can't. Because you can't just print more money. You know, mm-hmm. all that does is just it dilutes the value of the dollars that exist, mm-hmm. right? And so, mm-hmm. a good this is like a, like a half segue, right? So the Federal Reserve just lowered interest rates for the first time in a, like I don't know, like a decade or some yeah, shit a long like time. that. Um, because the economy is doing so well, so they lowered interest rates by a quarter of a percent, which has to do with like borrowing money from banks. You know, just the interest rate they're asking for is going to be lower because they're paying less interest on the money mm-hmm. that they have. You mm-hmm. know, bothers people who have money in savings and shit because they're not getting as much interest. But it also frees up more money in the economy for people to borrow and spend and kind of keep going mm-hmm. without. They're saying it doesn't look like there's really a fear of inflation because there isn't any particular market that is booming. So nothing is like in fear of busting. You know, everyone is kind of like doing good at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, so they're not printing more money. They're just allowing people to borrow more money and free it up so businesses can reinvest, people can reinvest, so they can, you know, spend more money on credit cards, which mm-hmm. just does well for the economy because more money is being spent, you know. So I think you, you hit a good point, which I want to touch on real quick that that really wealthy people that have a lot of money. Yeah. There's a lot of them that say a lot of people in real estate that if you yeah. own a shit ton of properties, you have a, a net worth of a fuck ton of money. Right. And so you have all this money that you are collecting interest on in some fashion as somebody that, that has a good amount of capital to start with. And so just going to throw random numbers out there. You have a million dollars worth of properties that, or, you know, financial assets that you are using to gain interest on. Yeah. And your everyday spending money, we'll just say, is that interest money. Right. And so if by the Fed lowering interest rates, your, you know, for lack of a better term, paycheck at the end of the month from that interest is going to go lowered. down versus and then somebody that has a lot of money in savings that is tied to an interest rate and it slowly grows and you know all this good stuff and the more you have the more growth you're going to have you lo- you lower that growth as well by lowering interest right. rates especially if your savings like is your retirement you know like exactly. you don't have a retirement but you've just been putting money away your whole mm-hmm. life yes. well now i'm not getting as much money because you know yeah you got a million dollars in the bank you spent your whole life saving up and now you just live off of the interest yeah and that's on top of probably social security or whatever you have going on. Yeah. You start lowering interest rates that goes down. So let's take a moment to use this, right? Because, uh, one of the many false things that Kamala Harris said when she was on the stage, because one of the reasons I don't like Kamala Harris so much, tell people I hate her, but I wouldn't say I really hate her. I just really, really don't like her. She lies all the time. She's just, she lies constantly and she'll say something, especially like in a debate and then recant it the next day because she knows people are watching the debate, but they're not going to read the article the next day about what she said. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to hear, you know, her big thing was when she's getting rid of private healthcare. She said in the first debate and when she first announced, she's like, Oh, private healthcare, who needs it? You know, who, who needs it? 
So her idea is she's going to get rid of private health care. And then the next day she's like, oh, no, I didn't mean that. And like her, her aides came out and said, oh, she didn't mean she wants to get rid of private health care. She means this, whatever the fuck. The first debate, they ask, everyone raise your hand if you would get, if your plan would get rid of private insurance. So she raises her hand. And the next day she's like, oh, I thought they were asking me if I was going to get rid of my own, my own personal private health care plan. Mm-hmm. Who gives a fuck what yeah, you're doing right. with your private health care? I don't give a shit about your yeah. personal health care plan. Mm-hmm. So she's lying. She's doing, she's just lying about shit, mm-hmm. right? So she talked about the interest rate at the feds, right? And she said the Federal Reserve lowered interest rate and they said it was because of this trade war, you know, and they're so concerned about the money in the economy. People need more money and they have to free up funds and all this shit. But that's not true because I listened to Jerome Powell on the radio, on my way home. Jerome Powell is the head of the Federal Reserve, right? So an independent person, he doesn't get elected by the president, he doesn't get picked by the president, he's like his own dude, right? Mm -hmm. So I listened to him talk on my way home that day on the radio, and he said just what I said. No, we're doing this because the economy is in such a place that we're not concerned about inflation, that people can have more money, and if anything, it might help us chip away at the debt a little bit. You know, It might give the government a little more money through tax revenues, through sales, whatever the fuck, that we might be in a better place. It's not because of the trade war. I mean, that certainly bears some relevance on anything happening economically in the country, but the trade war with China is not the reason that the rates got lowered in the Fed, you know, mm-hmm. but she's saying straight out, she's like, that's why it's happening because President Trump and all these t- tariffs that he's doing on China and the Federal Reserve wants to take your money because of President Trump and if you have savings, if you're rich, they're coming after you. Bitch, you're trying to take everyone's money. What are you talking about? Like, you're talking about taxing the rich, all this shit, just the same way that Elizabeth Warren is. Mm-hmm. So what are you talking about? Oh, they want to take all of your money. Like, no, they're just lowering interest rates to free up money in the economy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's that type of shit that is happening right now, especially, like you said, during the pissing contest, you know, because they're just trying to get enough people inspired enough about what they said that they want to give them money, you mm-hmm. know? So she's lying. Because you know, an election. lying about shit. Election at this point is basically just a big fucking popularity contest. Yeah. Who says the things that most people like to hear? Who looks the best on stage? Especially with superdelegates and shit like that, the way that it sits now. Do you know it's what a superdelegate is? Stupid. No idea. So superdelegate, we were talking earlier about delegates. Mm-hmm. Certain amount of delegates in every state, and delegates have districts, right? So mm-hmm. we, you actually elect your delegate every mm-hmm. year and or every cycle, and they are bound legally to put their delegation vote in whatever way their constituency has voted, right? So if everyone in our, I don't know who the fuck our delegate is, I don't know if it's been picked yet or not, but if everyone in our district wants him to go or he or she to go for fucking Tulsi Gabbard, he's got to put his vote towards Tulsi Gabbard and if she gets enough votes in this state, then in the convention, Washington goes for Tulsi Gabbard and she gets our delegate votes, right? Mm -hmm. So super delegate, someone, Jay Inslee is a super delegate, Patty Murray is a super delegate, Maria Cantwell is a super delegate, they are both our senators and then our governor. Super delegate can vote however they want. They're not beholden to any constituents, anybody who lives in the state. They can vote however they want. Because they are the governor Because well. Yep, because they're a superdelegate. So yeah, yeah. they can, even if all of the even if all of the people in Washington, if 80% of us voted for Tulsi Gabbard, they could still send the Washington delegate votes to Bernie Sanders because they're superdelegates and they can do whatever the fuck they want. Mm-hmm. 
that's the problem, right? So when people are talking about, oh, the Electoral College, no one gives a shit, it's terrible, it's fucking river. The problem, at least in my opinion, is not the Electoral College. It is the allowance of superdelegates in the Electoral College that are not beholden to anyone else in this country, mm-hmm. even though they're elected officials and you're there to represent us. Yeah. You should be putting your vote where I fucking told you to put your mm-hmm. goddamn vote, not wherever the fuck you want, you know? So, especially because these people are not elected. To, to be, super be delegates. those delegates, right, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, to be the super delegates, and yeah. if the new, if this New York Times article is to believe, to be believed, uh, our primaries for Washington State are March the tenth, twenty twenty, and we have one hundred and thirty three delegates. So, and last, uh, so good guess, example. Sorry, go ahead. last time our split was eighty nine forty four. Apparently, so for Bernie and Hillary. For Democrat versus Republican. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a good example of why this can be terrible. In the 2016 election in Michigan, Bernie Sanders won all 50 delegates by math in Michigan. Mm-hmm. All of the votes went to Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. All of them. Because, because it's, of the super delegate. Yep. There. Because there's like, once you like, you get a majority of delegates in that state, then you get all of the delegate votes. So mm-hmm. yep. enough of the super delegates were like, no, we're going to go towards Hillary. So even though by vote, by request of the people of Michigan, Bernie Sanders should have received all of those delegate votes, they all went to Hillary Clinton. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. And that's, yes. that ties a lot back to how much control the party itself yeah. in the wider, you know, broad spectrum of things has an effect on what those superdelegates do. Yeah. Most of the time, the superdelegates will vote the way their party wants them to vote. Right, because the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, also makes their own rules for how that works. You know? So how's that work then? Because Inslee's also running for president, right? Yeah, so I don't think that he gets a delegate vote because he's running yeah. for president. I will, yeah, I'm, so I'm like fairly certain. Yeah, I'm fairly one. certain that he doesn't. But but that's only if he is the candidate. Yeah, if he's at the he's top of the primary. Yeah, at at this point, he's not going to be in the debates in September. So he'll be a yes. super delegate. His vote will go to whoever the fuck he wants it to. But if if he were to be in the primary, like at the end, I don't think that he would be able to vote as a yeah. super delegate because he obviously will vote for himself. Um, so uh, that's I didn't think about that. Heaven forbid. Um, yeah. Yes. God forbid that Jay Inslee is one of our choices at the end. But um, that would be a tough one, dude. Yeah. It's already. I'm, I keep like gaming oh. this thing out. Nice, my little right. brother. It happens. Hole in the lip. We got we got paper towels. We're good. We're we'll good. rescue you. No, we're good. Um, s- fabric. What was I gonna say? Shit. We're uh, talking about Tulsi Gabbard. Oh yeah, Jay Inslee. People, stop giving your fucking money to him. Yeah, goddamn. At this point, <laughs> if you've been active at all and you're, if you want to participate in this electoral process, take a look at who these fucking candidates are. Try to think about their actual chances here and do not continue to give money to a candidate who is not going to be in the next round of, deba- of yeah. debates. So let me give you a good reason why we fucking hate Jay Inslee. So right? much. So Jay Inslee is running like almost exclusively on a platform of green energy and like climate change. Climate change, you know, like that's his thing. He's like, pieces, yeah. he's like, I'm the only person who's running on a 100% climate change agenda, right? Mm-hmm. So fuck Jay Inslee because he's the governor here, obviously. In Washington State, we don't consider hydro energy a green energy because the tax revenue that would be lost if it were to be a green energy mm-hmm. we want to keep that going so oh, yeah. i was going to say i look around me and i don't see it so by order of the government here 
hydropower, fucking water, right? If you don't know, turbines being spun by rivers that already exist mm-hmm. that we put dams on, right? Grand Coulee Dam, shit yeah. like that. Totally, it seems like a fucking green energy to me, right? Is not because the tax revenue that would be lost because it's taxed differently if it's a green energy as opposed to just a, like a regular energy mm-hmm. produced. Yeah. Right. And so, I mean, there's some disingenuous kind of environmental concerns too. Yeah. But realistically. Having to do with, we've talked, because it's funny, but like one of the environmental concerns is like there's X amount of animals that get chewed up in the turbines of mm-hmm. the river, you know, deer that fall in or fish, you know, there's nets that yeah. stop things like oh, that. Yeah. But still. They have preventative things. For there's X that. amount that gets through, you mm-hmm. know, and people are like, that's fucked up. You know, mm-hmm. Like it kills animals and shit. And oh, yeah. And you have any idea how many, river and- any idea how many animals die in combines picking up fucking wheat and shit like <laughs> yeah. that every yeah. year? Rabbits and fucking like baby deer and shit mm-hmm. that are sitting in the grass in the fucking hay mm-hmm. or in the wheat, you know? Getting chewed the fuck up by that combine if they don't move. And baby deer, when they get scared, they don't move. They fucking stop, yeah. you know? So if it's laying down and it gets scared, it's just going to stay there. I almost said baby deer this week and it actually got out of the way really in Ooh. shock and awe about it that's yeah, what's up hopped in the road hopped right out I was that's like, lucky yes yeah because it's they'll oh, just yeah. you know he's gonna fuck. For sure. and that's the worst dog yeah. it's ann at work she hit a deer a couple weeks ago oh no she drives this little honda fit this little blue honda fit and then she she came to work afterwards right <sighs> Thought it was really weird because even if I was down the road from my work, I'm going home. I'm mm-hmm. not, if I hit a deer, I'm going home. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to go to work. And Jordan was like, well, why would you do that? Like what's like, and we're like, cause I just hit a fucking deer, man. Like fuck that. I'm not going to work today. And it was a Friday too. So we're only working four hours anyway. Like fuck that. I'm not going to go into work. <laughs> so her car's there and it is fucked oh, up, man. dude. Just all flat in front. And there's all this fur stuck in the, oh, in the grill man. of her car. <laughs> oh, dude. Fucked her car up. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. it's all fixed now. But that's, yeah, that's what I was afraid of. I was like, I can't afford to get another car. It's, oh like, yeah, it's flashing before my eyes right now as this deer's hopping out in the road. It was. I mean, that's it's sad, obviously. Mm-hmm. But oh, for fuck, sure. I hate Ann. It was so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah, and then also there's like a new energy. I, I can't speak too specifically. There's like a new energy tax that's going and having to do with like with Puget Sound Energy mm-hmm. and. Jay Inslee, when he talks about it, is like, oh, it's only like a 6% increase, you know, in the tax. Having Like switching over to green energy, mm-hmm. a producer for Puget Energy. Really, it's it's between 6 and 18%. Mm-hmm. And it really sits a little closer to 18%. But when he talks about it, he's like, well, it's only 6%. Because 6% is the lowest end that it could possibly be. As we know, the government doesn't do ever do anything for the cheapest it could possibly yeah. do it. No. So it sits closer to 18% that you as a homeowner that call and ask someone who pays taxes or that pays bills, me as someone who pays bills, your, your power bill, which is already super high probably because power's right. fucking stupid expensive here for some reason or everywhere. It's and super it, expensive. When I was setting up my electricity, it gave me the option for 100% green, partial green. Yeah. And I was just like, well, you guys aren't telling me anything about this, so I'm not going to sign up for it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to go with normal energy. So. I'm going to go 100% green and then just deal with an extra 100 yep. bucks yeah. a so, month. So fuck that. Now, you know, in a few years, it's we're going to be 100%, 100% green energy anyway. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to pay that extra, like I said, closer to 18% because green energy. Even though if we switch now hydropower green energy, we'd yeah. be sitting in a way better yeah. spot. And we'd probably pay less money in fucking power. Oh, for sure. You know what so I'm what saying? So what are we going to so, fucking do? Shut off the dams? Right. So, what? yeah. So, <laughs> so the, yeah, the, you know, one of the many reasons that 
fuck Jay Inslee mm-hmm. is those right there, you know, that he's he's traveling around the country talking about green energy and like, oh, we do it so good in our state. But you're fucking the people who live in mm-hmm. your state so that you can go around and talk about green energy. Like, but it's not really. And we know that because we fucking live here. Mm-hmm. Yep. But no one's listening to us because we're just, you know, some fucking stoners that live in Washington. And, you know, yeah. what the fuck do we know? It's all we give a shit about is gay rights and fucking avocados and whatnot. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous, you know? It's it's so frustrating that, like, he even has the ability to disingenuously run around the country on a platform of green energy yep. when his own state just shits on the idea of green energy, mm-hmm. you know? So guys, just stop, Certainly man. we're better than some other states who are, like, just burning, you know, mostly coal or whatever, but it's you're still fucking us. Oh, yeah. Coal-powered... Yeah. Coal-powered power plant. How do you? You know what I'm saying. When was the last time you ever saw one of those? Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know that that's a thing. You know, oh, it's probably all this new "quote unquote" clean. Yeah, coal, yeah, right? it's, it's clean, clean coal. coal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so Tulsi Gabbard, right? Yeah. Um, Tulsi Gabbard did get into it with Kamala Harris, and why did we start to talk about that? Just because we like her? Is that what? We- oh, I was saying I was impressed by how, like I, like I said, I wasn't able to listen to much no, of it, no, but I fine. thought. Just the way from what I saw, the way she prevented, presented herself and the mm-hmm. way she spoke yeah. was a lot more outstanding than lots of what I saw from other people. Yeah. Not saying anything she said was <laughs> no, no. So, impressive, but um, so the way she presented herself as a whole. Mm-hmm. I personally really like Tulsi Gabbard uh, for a lot of reasons, but she is still in the National Guard actively <laughs> right now um, and is a representative from Hawaii and she did time in Kuwait um, and in mm-hmm. Afghanistan so she's been like I think she did two tours maybe three in the Middle East um, for you know different things and then ran for representative and she's running on a platform largely consisting of foreign policy of getting America out of regime change wars what she's calling regime change wars around mm-hmm. the world just places like Afghanistan anywhere that we're trying to adjust who's ruling the country mm-hmm. she thinks that we need to not be involved in that right she takes a lot of shit because she went over and met with Assad who is leader of Syria, right? And she didn't go over there and like, you know, like, I fucking love you so much. Like, she went over and had a discussion with him just about, like, relations with Syria and America and how things are there and just shit like that. Like, it's she's painted all the time, like, oh, you love Assad and you fucking love dictators, but she's a representative for the United States who went to speak with a leader of another country, which is not an illegitimate thing. Like, that's not... I don't think that's absurd, you know, and I don't think that it should be absurd for someone like our representative is Derek Kilmer. I don't think it should be weird if he's working on something that involves another country for him to go and meet with that leader. Like, that doesn't seem weird to me that he would do that, you know, but because Assad is is a dictator, you know, she gets shit on for, mm-hmm. like, having gone and met with him. Um, but one of the things I really like about her is she's talking about reducing the defense budget, you know, not by like half or anything like that. She's not like radically Mm -hmm. like fuck, you know, she's in the military. So she obviously understands what needs to be there. You know, Mm -hmm. she also sees that a lot of costs could be cut in these regime regime change wars and just supporting, you know, weird uh, coalitions around the world and stuff like that, that we don't necessarily need to be involved in, you know, Mm -hmm. that America can kind of take a step back and like worry about our own shit, you Mm -hmm. know? And I don't totally agree with that because I feel that it is important for, I've talked about something that's like, like a three generation rule. You know, if America's somewhere and we've been in some type of armed conflict, it takes three generations of people to be born and come through that country for them to not really have hostile feelings towards America, mm-hmm. you know, for enough time to have gone by for people who've lost their family in a war with Americans to not to start to be like, well, maybe, you know, don't fuck America, you yeah. know? So 
in that time, I feel it's important that we maintain at least a small presence in those countries so as to at least attempt to deter fucking a growth of a new ISIS, a new Al-Qaeda, a new Taliban that is formed because of a hatred for America. You know, yeah. I feel it's important not to continue to patrol around the whole country, but to just maintain a presence there and still try and build things, try and improve communities, try and build wells bridges cities rebuild the shit that we destroyed you know i feel like that's important 100%. and her idea is I mean, obviously we'd still leave some people there but to largely pull everyone out mm-hmm. of the other countries that we're in that we're not involved in active military dispute and to end the active military dispute there and then bring them home you know so i love the idea of of lowering the military budget or at least stopping the increase for several years to come, you know, just stop adding more money to it. Like just maintain where we're at at least, you know, Mm -hmm. so we're adding fucking tens of billions of dollars every time we do a new budget, you know, Mm -hmm. we have the largest military in the world times two by far, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think we need to continue growth, you know, and that's not to say that we don't need to continue innovation. Oh, yeah. Certainly we need to continue to, to invest in research and development and new mm-hmm. technologies. That shit is still very important, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm saying the growth of the numbers and standing troops in the United States, I don't know is really necessary, you know? Oh yeah. I think you could probably convert a lot of people over to the reserves or to national guard and be like, you guys get a job, but still stay involved, you know, still stay fit, be around, you know, and then if someone pops off, Mm -hmm. we'll call you first, you Mm -hmm. know, but I don't feel like we need that many people that are, (laughs) there are a lot of people who argue that like, I don't do any, I fucking sit around, you know, my job in the army is to fucking sit around and I'm going to do this for another 10 years and then I'm going to get a pension. And that's, that's fine. You know, Mm -hmm. like if that's what you're going to do with your career, but I don't know that we need that many, like I said, standing military troops ready to be deployed at any fucking moment's notice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I forget if we talked about this last time a little bit, but I have a, a source on the inside of some of the military recruiting and we're starting to build sources, Isaiah. Yeah. It's we're, happening. We're legit now. Yeah. And you know, and I, I I'm talking to this person and you know, he's telling me what they experience as far as the pressure for recruiting. Yeah. And apparently the United States military as a whole, so all branches are being really, really, they got a fire lit under their ass to recruit more and more people. The only problem is they're right now, their orders are for a diverse military force. And so we're talking special quotas for minorities and women and, you know, all these different little categories, Mm -hmm. which are generally harder to fill. Mm -hmm. um, And then turning away a lot of people that want to be getting in. Because they're white men. Yeah. And so you're talking about a, a problem recruiting and they're starting to look at younger and younger people, yeah. like 16 year old people and trying to get them kind of on the road so that they know they have a guaranteed person when they come of age. Yeah. You know, for me, it was, it was a kind of a similar thing. I got, I was actually signed up and in the military when I was 17. Right. And I was on this delayed entry Just program, yeah. but I was still in at the time. I was subject to every, rule that I had right. to like if I if I was smoking weed back then I couldn't do that because I was subject to a piss test at any minute and if like shit, all this stuff and if shit were to pop off you would be taken out of school probably put in boot camp yep. and then they would be like alright see you son head yep. the fuck out that's the so. way it works and for somebody like Tulsi Gabbard to be preaching the the voice of like a, a more isolationist policy like that yeah it's that's one of my major hangups with her is I just, I understand where it's coming from mm-hmm. and I respect that. And I, I actually kind of support it in some ways. Right. 
But again, if we get realistic about it, we're not going to have another Libya situation or, you know, it's too late. Yeah. We're in too deep at this point. We got to do something with what's going on now. Um, you know, and this is also why we're in diplomatic talks with fucking Al Qaeda. Right. Because it is, for one, we killed off all the leadership Qaeda the years Taliban, ago. Yeah. So it's a kind of a different organization. I mean, even uh, Bin Laden's son, they just, I heard that like he, he could be dead for up to a year. Like it could be up to a year ago that he was killed, but they've mm-hmm. able to like finally confirm that Osama Bin Laden's yep. like his main like terrorist son is, was dead or mm-hmm. is killed. Um, and if you listen to her on some of her longer form interviews, like on Joe Rogan or. Yeah, she was on Joe Rogan a couple of times. She's okay. really great on yeah, Joe Rogan. Really yeah, great, great on Joe Rogan. Highly recommend. She definitely you really get to know her like as a person. She not definitely just on this bumps shitty format. Like, bumps up the Hawaiian accent a little bit when she's not on stage. <laughs> like to be on Joe Rogan, there's yeah. definitely a little more. Yeah, yeah brother, you know, like mm-hmm. that. But I like her a lot. She's, yeah, and it's really yeah. good on because it's so long form, and she's mm-hmm. able to speak a little more openly on there. Yeah. It was really good. I wish every single one of these candidates would be involved in doing <laughs> stuff like that, even if that's, it was like Bernie Sanders on Pod Save America for and, twenty minutes. And it's at least like that's what I was just going to say is Pod Save America has interviews lined up with every Democratic candidate except for Joe Biden. So Pods of America is a podcast that's done by people who used to work in the Obama administration and are now farther left than the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. Like they're very, very progressive. So it's not something that we don't generally agree with a lot of shit they say, but that's one of the sources we use because like I said, it's important to look at everything from across the spectrum, you know? So they're interviewing every candidate and they're doing like 45 minute hour long interviews with all of these candidates, which mm-hmm. is really good. Like that's even if it's a more formal one, they still are talking for long enough that it's not just the talking points that you're getting because it's a yeah. whole hour that they have to fill, yeah. you know? So those are really good interviews. All the Pod Save America interviews with all the Democratic candidates are really good mm-hmm. um, for things like that. And a couple of Andrew Yang has also been on Joe Rogan a couple of times. Okay. So he's really good on Joe, Joe Rogan as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some of those long form podcasts, you know, you get to learn a little bit more about Tulsi Gabbard's like more like why she wants to pull everybody out. Yeah, and yeah. I understand Where the, the reason. Where the standards come from. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I think, and even watching, you know, documentaries like Restrepo and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You realize that in this part of the world, these cultures do not work even close to the way ours works. And so having little diplomatic meetings with whoever the commanding general is on the ground that time for a couple of years before they get transferred out. Right. It doesn't work because these elders, for the most part, that take care of whatever the, the province or the area that they're in, they're, they've been there for decades and they will be there probably until they die. And there's just, there's no way to enter into any kind of long-term negotiation. Meaningful discussion. Yeah. yeah with people like that, when you're just going to change motherfucker out every couple of years. Right. And so we just, we have this system of, trying to get trying to win over like the hearts and minds of people over there so there's not as much hate and which causes and breeds the terrorism that we all live with today and so i understand where she's coming from we just we cannot adapt to their environment right we need to fucking leave because there is no end to this. this is why it's been going on for fucking 15 and it's years. those those systems in place over there are so much older than than the democracy, the democratic republic oh, yeah. we have in America. You know, I mean, we're we're a relatively young country, even now being mm-hmm. a couple hundred years old. We're still relatively mm-hmm. young. You know, all that shit that exists in the Middle East is fucking old, thousands of years old. You oh, know, yeah. those societies, those cultures, those people have existed that way for way longer than we have. You know. And that's not to say that, at least in our modern Western understanding, that like beating women and shit like that and like killing gay people, like that's still not cool. You know, but. 
that's like they've been doing shit over there for way longer than mm-hmm. us, so we can't go over there. And it's not even is not right for us to immediately impress our own views on a culture that's mm. thousands of years older than us. You know, mm. that like I said, I, I understand, especially if you're coming to America, we're not going to allow you to live under Sharia law in America because that's not how things work here, you mm-hmm. know, but it's a different discussion when you're talking about another country and implementing your own views somewhere else. You know, we don't agree with it, but that's not our fucking country. You know, that's not our shit. And if the Taliban and Al Qaeda and Islamic state are going to exist for way longer than we've been there and things like that have been there for way longer than we've been there. What the fuck do you want us to do about it? You know, not that we don't want to help, but at a certain point you got to fix your own problem because we can't do it. You know, Mm -hmm. not that we don't want to, we've been there for 20 years trying to do it. We can't, it's not, we are not capable of doing that because we don't understand that culture, that system, that way of life. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. that's just not our shit. You know, yeah, that that Western civilization kind of like tie to thinking that human rights are yeah. universal, right? That doesn't carry universally in the more kind of modernized Western right. nations. Just to kind of generally speak, yeah, we have all adopted that, and there's all any kind of like semi-democracy that's founded in you know human rights like that there's not that many there's a lot of places in the world that don't have even the the concept of that stuff still evolving with us though really yeah oh yeah yeah even even in african nations that have democracy there's still huge human rights problems there you know with people instilling like slavery and shit like that within africa people Mm -hmm. that are still being owned to fucking child soldiers and diamond mines and shit like Mm -hmm. that blood diamonds and shit like that you know a lot of those countries have governments that exist in one area of that country, mm-hmm. but they don't have enough control to control the entire country and what's going on there. You know, there's so much like greed that goes on there and uh, like instability. And like in the Democratic Republic of Congo, right, they have a couple thousand cases of Ebola there, right? And so mm-hmm. you have like the UN that is going around trying to vaccinate people for Ebola, for Ebola and like heal them. There's so much distrust in the government because of so much corruption. The UN is being murdered because people don't believe that Ebola actually exists. Like, there are people literally dying from shitting their intestines out. And there are other people in the same country that's like, that's not real. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to infect me with some shit where I am going to die. And I don't want whatever you're going to give me because it will kill me. Even though this is the one thing that will save you from shitting your intestines out. I don't believe you, you know? That's super unfortunate. Yeah, you know, and it's not, like, it is not any one person's fault, you know? It is a series of corruptive leaders there and a Mm. series of politically raping leaders there that have destroyed that country, destroyed the people's understanding and trust of any type of leadership other than a fucking warlord who forces you to pay attention and listen to what he says, you know? There's no reason, you know, for anyone to believe that. And it sucks and it's horribly sad to know that there are UN soldiers and UN peacekeepers there that are actively trying to heal people and are being killed for that, you know, that they have just the science and the technology to help people, but the understanding is not enough for them to even, they're like, that doesn't mm-hmm. even exist. Like mm-hmm. Ebola is not real. You invented it. it. That's what you're trying to give me is Ebola, you know, crazy, crazy. Well, and that none of that is going to ever go away. Like we're going to be stuck with these same types of problems. Honestly, I can see it until there is at some kind of, and it's, it's so contrary to most of my beliefs, but like a universal global governmental power, like that deals with that. Yeah. Because there, otherwise, I mean, 
the simple fact is those people can't be around anymore. Right. If we're all going to come together and everyone's going to be on the same page. You know, we, with disease is an easy one to, to, you can see the numbers because people just will not accept the fact that this is true because they just simply don't have the understanding yeah. of it. They have a lot of mistrust. They have all this crap. Or they're unwilling they're, to for whatever reason. Yeah, for like and the it's corrupt not going to go you know, away. They're unwilling to, yeah. It's never going to go away unless there's some fucking mass genocide of people that will not buy into this new system. Right. Because the... Which the, is not human rights beneficial. Yeah, because so this new world... To be murdered. No. <laughs> definitely not. I'm definitely not supporting Especially that. Especially in a mass way. You speculating on you know there's only really one fix and that's to make everybody the same to put everybody on the even you know the even playing field but you can't do that because there's always a difference between say the first world and the third world right and so unless everybody's all on board these problems are always going to be there because we've seen and i know i'm not an expert on african countries so i don't know you know exactly what the deal is but even in the countries like the democratic republic republic of congo and like small and shit like that where democracies have been implemented mm-hmm. you know it does it doesn't they can come and go right and yeah. like i said it doesn't if you get the wrong person who's able to become elected they're just a corrupt leader you know and if you get really the wrong person who fucking what was the movie the last king of scotland right mm-hmm. what was that guy's name that Forrest Whitaker was playing. Oh, I don't know. Because it's it's dudes like that, and I I know his name. I just can't remember his name. Right? It's people like that that they get elected. You know, and people like like fucking Hitler, right? And not to compare or conflate anything like that, but or maybe like Nelson Mandela. Well, except he didn't like kill people. You know, I'm talking about this is so. Let me finish, and then we'll. I see what you're saying. So people who become elected right through a democratic process and then usurp i guess usurp their own power through militaristic ways and then are a dictator through that country even though at one point they were elected at one point the people wanted you there you know then when it's time to go you're like fuck you i have enough power here i'm just going to use the military i'm just going to stay you know that type of shit is so fucking common in africa so common you know and i don't know why i don't know what what it is that makes it that way, you know, but something about the cultures there, it like is easier for corruption to seed into shit. Like maybe it's because you're come from nothing, you know, mm-hmm. you come from so little that when you have so much, you're unwilling to give it up because you know what it's like to have nothing, you mm-hmm. know, maybe that's the case. I, I'm not sure. That's total speculation, you know, but Idiomon. Does that sound right? Idiomon. There you go. So totally butchering the pronunciation. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so it is, it's, like I said, something about that culture that makes it so much easier for, I guess, obvious corruption to slip in, you know, because that to say to let corruption slip in would, would be to insinuate there isn't corruption in like an American democracy, yeah, right. but there's arguably more corruption in American democracy than an African one. It's just harder to hide in Africa mm-hmm. because it's not as established, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just, I mean, we're seeing it play out again in Somalia. I believe it's Somalia. Yeah. Right now. too. that's Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. But we had a dictator that got ousted and actually finally left and all this stuff. And the military was appointed kind of as the transitional government. Yeah. But then the people are not seeing it happen fast enough. And some people are kind of concentrating power. And, and they don't trust messy the military. Again. Yeah. And they don't trust the military not just take control yeah. and put a general because that's And so we're going to see. We're going to see what happens and whether or not yeah. that becomes another military dictatorship or if it shifts back again in democracy and yeah so we can watch that play out right now so we got on this by talking about Tulsi Gabbard 
Right. Yeah. Yes. So we can finish up with her and then switch over to Kamala Harris because she came at Kamala Harris fucking hard, right? Mm-hmm. Kamala Harris used to be the attorney general in California. One of the things she talked about was that she put all these people away for weeks. You no, know, California has a three strikes law that's fucking people mm-hmm. over. Has been for decades, right? She's putting people in prison for weed. And then when she starts running, she gets asked if she's ever smoked pot and she's like, Haha, who hasn't? Mm-hmm. You know, like something like that. And it's like, well, you're kind of a piece of shit because yeah. you just spent 20 years putting people in prison and now you're laughing about you smoked pot probably while you were being the attorney general. You know, mm. I would I feel Who's comfortable piss saying test the at least one time while you were attorney general, you smoked pot. Mm. Yeah. And you were putting people in prison at the same time. You know, Dude, if I was up like, in the upper echelons of government like that, I totally would. I begin to give you a piss test. I begin the attorney up. general of California. Yeah. There was a dude in New York or in New Jersey that was like doing crack cocaine or some shit yes. like that. You know, Dang. he's a fucking representative for the goddamn federal government. I you think know? he was like a mayor. Yeah. So that he was yeah. an executive leader. You know what I'm saying? Fucking and high these guys lot. doing crack cocaine, fucking hookers and stuff like that. Dude, you were so what? Bad. Yeah, you know? Yeah, so so that's one of the things that she came at her about. And also... Hiding evidence. Yeah. Holding yeah, evidence. Yeah. Withholding evidence for people who are on death row so that they wouldn't be freed. And all those things are important for everybody, for you, for everybody. All those things are true. Mm-hmm. All those things that Tulsi Gabbard said have been reported on while she was attorney general. Those are all true things that all happened. That she withheld evidence that almost stopped someone from getting off of death row. She did what she could, whether or not it was the intent at the time. She implemented policies that kept people in prison for longer and their labor was used for the state government. Yeah. You know, yeah. all those things are true, you know, and those are things that should be talked about if she's talking about running for president like a prosecutor, you know? If that's your history as a prosecutor is keeping people in prison who shouldn't be there, trying to put people to death who shouldn't be put to death, mm-hmm. and putting people in prison for fucking drugs, then why the fuck should you be the president, you know, if that's how you're going to run things? Yeah. Why would we want you there, you know? When – like half the country pretty much is in is on board for legalized marijuana. Mm. Why would we want someone there who has a record of putting people away for it and then being like, oh, who cares? You know, mm-hmm. I can't fucking trust Lack you. Like, I know. Yeah, I can't. I can't trust you. But you know what so, kills me about that whole thing, right? I think that she would have gotten a massive boost in like bipartisan support from the voting from just the general voting block. If she was to genuinely say, yes, I did that. Yeah. And I know now that it was bad and I fucked up. You yep. know, you have to understand that I was trying to do my best at the time. If she had owned up to her mistakes, I'd give her props for that. Instead, she said, people can that's change. not true. There was and a I couple of times there where it looked like she was a deer in headlights where she mm-hmm. was just throws. Because she, you knew she came correct, right? She came, not correct, she came prepared to fuck on Joe Biden mm-hmm. and did not at all expect anybody to come after her because she thought the focus was just going to be on Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And that's why she's, again, try to talk, try to talk about his, his being against force busting through the government and stuff like that, you know? And... I like Ben Shapiro talked about earlier this week that if Joe Biden was really the man, he would talk about the fact that Kamala Harris is unwilling to implement forced busing in California because California has like the most segregated schools in the nation, mm-hmm. not because of segregation laws, but just because of the breakdown of population and where people live. Almost and definitely. Yeah. And people, you know, white people taking their kids out of schools that are predominantly mm-hmm. black and just driving them somewhere else, you know, shit like that happens all the no, time. Yeah. And 
So Joe Biden did call her out for having those schools in her state and like not doing shit about it. You know, she didn't really have anything to say about it because she was shitting on Joe Biden for when he was a senator a long time ago, when during civil rights, right there, we're talking about enforcing forced busing in the United States, taking people from white schools, busing them to black schools, taking kids from black schools, busing them to white schools, mm-hmm. forced integration, right? Ended up happening. Joe Biden was against it, not because he was against busing people back and forth from schools. He was not in favor at the time of infringing on the state's rights to decide for themselves. Mm-hmm. We all know it was a mistake because they weren't doing it, you know? But his argument was not, I don't want black people to go to school with white people. It was the states should make this decision for themselves because it's not written out in the Constitution, mm-hmm. you know? And that Which, is a fundamentally yeah. true it is, Yes, it is a legitimate take. argument, you yeah. know, that maybe I don't agree with what we're talking about, but in the end, the legal argument is that we should not be making this decision, you know? Yeah. It's should be shitty. pressuring the state to do the right, right thing. Right, but we shouldn't yeah. be making this decision for mm-hmm. them because that's not our decision to make, you know? I've... Feel conflicted about it because, from a governmental standpoint, in the way that I view the laws, I I agree that if if it is not written in the Constitution, the federal government should not be fucking talking about it. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't be discussing it. It is not your deal. If you want to talk to your states because you're a representative and you're like, hey, we need to figure this the fuck out, you know, mm-hmm. that's fine. But you should not be implementing laws on the state that is not outlined in the Constitution. It's not your responsibility, yeah. you know. Do I think it's a horrible fucking shitty circumstance? Maybe that's the the worst term possible possible that it happens to be that it's it has to do with race you know that black kids are in terrible fucking schools and white kids are but it's 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 shitty you know but his his focus is not on the race right Mm -hmm. it's it's on the state's rights legal matter because he's a fucking senator at the time Mm -hmm. that's what and he's a was a a defense attorney you know like he was a lawyer before he was a senator so his view always is going to be law first because Mm -hmm. that's like where he came from you know so the first debate she shit all over him for being against forced busing and she's like oh well I was bust you know and so she got this huge wave because she was a kid who was bust from a black school to Mm -hmm. a white school you know Mm -hmm. and so this time around, he was like, well, let's talk about the fucking schools in your state, you know, yeah. because you have all these segregated schools and what the fuck are you doing about it? No, you know? it definitely happens. I went yeah. to high school down there freshman and sophomore year and my the school I went to was kind of like a middle class, like suburban type school. But then there was, so I went to Liberty and then there was Freedom, which was kind of like. Those are the names of schools? Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> they were all like that. Yeah, That's really funny. All, all, all of them in the district were like that. It's like in New York, America. they just have PS 186. Just public yeah. school number this. Like, what the fuck? I want to say Freedom was like, I could be getting it wrong. It could have been like the lower class schools. But then there was like Deer Valley. And there was one more like upper class school. Joe Mixon actually went there when I was down there. Oh, I've heard you talk about that. But, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Joe Mixon, Colin, just is a running back for the Bengals. I was going to say, this must be sports-related. He's a running back. He's like a good running back for the Bengals, too. He's my uncle's neighbor. That's Uh, so weird. Yeah, super weird. But, yeah, it was definitely, like, of course, like, the middle, like, echelon was definitely, like, the one I went to school at was, like, more working class, Hispanics, you know, just, it, it was very diverse. But then, like, of course... The upper echelon was lots of good athletes that were able to get up there. Yeah. Um, and then that were able to get white, to those And then yeah. the lower class, of course, was blacks, Mexicans, handsome right. white people. But 
It's definitely a real thing. Right. And that still exists, right? And that's, I think, what a lot of people, when they're talking about like a systemic racism, you mm-hmm. know, as like a general topic, mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things that is encompassed in that, mm-hmm. you know, that that's there are no laws that are saying that the schools need to be that way. Mm-hmm. But because of where people could and couldn't buy houses and people taking their kids places and where people do have jobs and don't have jobs and wherever the fuck, you know, those things are dictating where people take their kids that are were racially influenced I, at I one time. Like racism you know? has to be redefined at this point. <laughs> Word. Ooh, I really like that. I thought. fucking love you, Isaiah. Yes. <laughs> it, it's just like it's it's almost like socially like it's such it, a it, large it, term. Yeah, exactly. It, it's a part, and not in a good way, but it it is a part of our society we're in today. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just something we live with on a day to day to day basis, mm-hmm. and being racist and living in a racist society is like like two different things you know because you can live here and exist and i don't know there's like a whole discussion about like white privilege and whatnot right that Mm -hmm. like when makai was here or when makai was at my house and we talked about about like white privilege kind of as an idea you Mm -hmm. know and so we taught we used him and i as examples that are obviously very small examples because we're just two people right Mm -hmm. but we talked like like you you come from a family, you have both parents and your, your mom made enough money that your dad didn't work. And so he was always at all of your sports games, all the practices, everything that had to do with school or like your dad was there, you know, you guys like had a like good life. You had the shit you wanted, you had a nice house, like all this stuff. It was like, I grew up with, with one mom, like mm-hmm. and she worked several jobs and all this stuff it was like, I'd like no option to go to college, like none of that shit, you know, like none of these things were even like discussions. Like I got food stamps numerous times. It's like if you looked at only our experiences, it's like, you would think that you were white and I was black based on the story that's being painted in the media. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's obviously not the case. You know, I asked, was like, do you think that in our area there is opportunities that I was afforded because I was white that you were not because you're black? And he's like, well, no. I said, so, said, and I'm not saying that he, he wasn't making this argument that America's race as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, we we're talking about like the idea. And I said, so, like, my thinking is that it is not totally blanketed across America that in every city in every state across America there is like underlying racism that fuels what's going on you know I said undeniably there are pockets and maybe pockets isn't even like a big enough word you know there are areas of the country where that is the case yeah there are laws and things that were here at one point that have that have made things this way in California have made things that way mm-hmm. you know but there are some areas that are more progressive more what the fuck ever you know than in Washington in at least in our area you know, I didn't feel like that was necessarily the case. You know, I don't feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, you know, I don't feel like we live in an area that is affected deeply by systemic racism, you know, that maybe no, affects no, other it's, areas, it's you know, fairly equal out here. And now, I mean, in the city of Seattle, it was really interesting. I was, when I was, uh, taking some online classes for college, like, I don't know, a year or so ago, and I had to write a paper on, I can't remember exactly what it was supposed to be for, but I ended up writing about the zoning changes and some of the laws and and housing problems in Seattle and in Bremerton. Because up until literally like after the civil rights movement, there was some seriously like fucked up leasing agreements out there where like you could not, a landlord would not rent a place to somebody that could afford it because of, because they were black. Yeah. Or we had a lot of different, Asian nationalities, right. um, like the South Pacific nationalities that were also specifically called out and weren't allowed in certain districts and areas. And so after those laws go away, 
The problem is that everybody that was forced to live in those neighborhoods still fucking lives in those neighborhoods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because after time runs its course, I'm like, there's certain things that happen in those areas where it's like, there's a reason it's cheaper to continue to live there versus, right. you know, the rich people on the outside. And so just systematically almost like we were forced into this position of like segregating cities yeah. and different blocks and, you know, all this different stuff. And now, even though it's not on the books anymore, those effects still, still linger. Right. And that's kind of what I was talking about, like in California, those yeah. laws, like they're still, they're not written that way anymore, you know, but because they did exist at one point, it like wasn't that still, long ago. Right. And, and I, so and my point is, right. And my point was definitely not that that didn't happen here. It mm-hmm. certainly did. Right. And my point is more that it seems here people didn't stay in those areas like yeah. they did in the other places. And I think there was a, a concerted effort to kind of look at that and right, right. forcibly, forcibly, make other people right. in different districts and like, that's only allow tenants of this kind it's like that forced yeah. segregation and again. that's what i'm saying maybe it maybe it's because our state is more progressive you know that when that flipped over they're like hey we need to turn this around now like we're not going to let it give it 20 years and let it fix itself we're going to implement laws and we're going to mm-hmm. change it now you know that like, like the shit years like when west park existed you know yeah. west park was not full of black people mm-hmm. west park was full of white people and black people people who use drugs lived in west park mm-hmm. like that's what that was you know like the shitty areas of our town are not defined by the race of the people who no live there it's defined by the drugs that exist there you know Mm -hmm. and so i'm sure that's also a factor that played into that that like drugs especially here don't care what fucking color you are Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like they're in areas that that like the government you know released crack and shit like that's you put in fucking black communities you know but when you're talking here people just got into drugs here you know and that's there's just drugs there's fucking meth and it doesn't care what color you are there's pills which don't care what fucking color you are heroin doesn't give shit what fucking color you are like that's what makes shit poor here. That's what mm-hmm. makes areas bad here is drugs. Not fucking just because, oh, there's gang violence over here. You know, there's drugs in there and then there's gangs that operate in the same area or whatever the fuck, you know? So I, th- that's- I think racism is also a little bit psychologically predisposed. 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 Yeah. In yeah. all of our brains. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. We're, it's just something that's been ingrained in our societies for so long. We just, it's just something like it's a stereotype that just is. Right, always there, you know. What I mean? And I that's think something that we yeah. can work on to change, but that's something that's been there for a long time, and it's hard to change. If nothing else, in like the when we were kids, because I don't, I don't know anybody when we were growing up that had any even like distaste towards any different race be like no. because of that, you know. But even in just like the jokes that were acceptable, you know, mm-hmm. we told way more black jokes when we were growing up than like any other type of race joke, mm-hmm. you know, because people make more black jokes than any other type of race joke. You know, there's all kinds of Irish jokes and fucking Polak jokes, all kinds of shit. But you make more gay jokes and more black jokes than pretty much anything else, mm-hmm. you know. And it's because for a long time, like those communities, it's okay to shit on them, you know, like that's fine because we fully hate them anyway, you know. And now that that's like doesn't exist widely, you know, those jokes have still like lingered, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. that we're fucking 10 years old and making jokes and thinking it's okay to like say faggot and throw around the N word and shit mm-hmm. that like, oh, it doesn't matter, you know, like it's just whatever. And it's just what the fuck? Like what like made that seem like it was okay, you know, mm-hmm. like I'd, you know, just because it was accepted for longer than anything else, you know? Yeah. And that's even, I said, even in a community like this where I don't feel like the systemic racism is is as broadly or uh, f- 
I think the Navy. It's not as ex- too, though. Oh, certainly, because it made the area mm-hmm. so much more diverse. Even mm-hmm. especially with like Pacific Islanders and stuff like that. So many people from the Philippines, from those areas that join the military, get stationed up here. Probably because yeah. just it's so close, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I think that that helped a lot. And like I said, I would never say that it does. It doesn't exist in the country because mm-hmm. there are like pockets of the country yeah. where you can still find leases and shit for homes that still say that racist shit. You know, mm-hmm. even though there is a black person living there, it still is written in the lease because it's ancient as fuck. Yeah. And a black person isn't supposed to live there. You know, really weird. Like, why the fuck is that still a thing? You know, mm-hmm. why should that exist? You know, it's there's no fucking reason for that. You know, and part of it is because people aren't. I got to imagine because they're not paying enough attention, you know, because if there's a black person living there, but it just happens to be in the lease, like you're just not looking at even the paperwork that you're printing out to have people sign. You know, mm-hmm. you're just yeah. using the same fucking lease form that's been here for 200 years, you know, but like, why does that still exist here? You know, that should be something you have to look up to be like, oh, yeah, 100 years ago, you know, yeah. you can you can look back in the public records and find a lease that was like that, mm-hmm. but they don't even make them anymore. You yeah, know, but like, why should there be any any area in the United States where someone is signing a lease that has any type of racially despairing fucking anything? You know, yeah. that's crazy that that's still. I think yeah. it's an interesting thought when you when you just talk about people's kind of like inherent racism in yeah. their minds. Mm-hmm. Just because I think as a kid and you're growing up and you're you're starting to like notice yourself, and then you start to interface with other people, you start to realize that. There's different people out there that yeah. some are more different from you on the outside and stuff than you are. And then you start to form probably some stereotypes type stuff or something. But it, and I don't think you can ever actually get around that because that curiosity you have as a kid is always going to go, wait a minute, why am I different than them? Mm-hmm. Why are they different than me? Right. You're going to you know, identify differences yeah. that maybe... Regardless of whether you start to go to a bad place with that right, or, right. you know, you just... That's interesting. That's an interesting observation. I don't care. Let's... I just know these people because they're people that I interface with. Right. The yeah. intent is not to separate yourself from someone else, but yeah. it's like almost in a way of categorizing categorizing things in your brain. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, I've noticed among my life that more black people do this than white people, mm-hmm. you know? And that's like... The intent is not to be racist, you know, but like sometimes to identify shit like that is like, well, mm-hmm. it's like not super relevant, you know, no. like it doesn't and really it's matter. And it's, it's always anecdotal it, you, because right, you only right. have your anecdotal Only the people you've right. experienced in your life, you know. Yeah. And yeah. maybe you're just That's, around a bunch of shitty people, so you just form these bad ideas. Right. I could relate to that, though, is like as far as seeing yourself grow up and looking around you, like my dad was half black. So like looking at him growing up and then looking at myself, it was like. I don't even really know how to describe it, but it was like trying to find a place, I guess. <laughs> right. I don't know. Because you're black, but mm. like I didn't know several, until several years into meeting you that you were black. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because when we like first met, you didn't have dreads. You yeah. had like straight hair that like, curled a little bit and you mm. wore hats all the time and you dressed like a fucking little skater kid. So yeah. you didn't look like a black person. You still don't look like a black person, mm. but you are black, you know? And that's not like, I don't, I'm not obviously to be offensive, no, whatever, but, sure. but like, I, you know, I can't really imagine what that is like to know, you know, to know that you're black because you're like, well, my dad is black and Mm -hmm. I don't look black, but I am, you know, and people aren't going to assume that I am black because I don't look black, Mm -hmm. you know? It was, it was definitely weird. Like I, after he got uh, custody of me, like I wanted to taper my hair like um yeah I wanted to play basketball like it so was people like, know yeah you know, exactly. yeah it was just like certain things I was trying to adopt from my dad but not particularly because of his culture you know what I mean right because he's so, your dad yeah yeah exactly. yeah 
No, absolutely. What's funny is, I mean, you just met my wife probably for probably one of the first times. Mm -hmm. And she is a very, she's a white chick Mm -hmm. on the outside. But on the inside, she's from South America. She's from Ecuador. Yeah, Yeah. she's from Ecuador. And everyone in her family has, you know, a darker skin. Yeah, except except her. her. And I think it was her grandfather also was like that very pale skinned, you know, Spanish person. Like olive skin type of deal. But when we have kids... We could, mm-hmm. there's a good chance we can have little brown babies. Right. And both of their parents will look white. It's going to, that's going to be some fun conversations. Right. I, I can see the adoption. I can hear the adoption lions coming in. <laughs> Actually, no, motherfucker. These are my fucking kids. Thank I would I had the same concern when, you know, when Jordan was pregnant with Dax that he was going to be super pasty. And like, I'm, I'm Irish and Scottish and Jordan is like Norwegian. And so I was like, I'm scared. I'm going to have a pasty fucking ginger kid. <laughs> and even though I don't look like deeply Mexican or anything, I obviously have dark features, dark hair. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I look at least a little bit like Mexican. And like people aren't going to think this fucking kid is mine because he's going to be a pasty ass ginger kid and they're going to think he's like my nephew or some shit, you know? And I'm lucky enough, like he's, you know, he's a little bit dark and his hair is definitely red. Like he has definitely a red brown like tinge to his hair, but it looks like his mom's hair, you know? So it's not like a, but I was genuinely concerned about that. That like he <laughs> might look nothing like me and that concerns the shit out of me. Like, but yeah, it's, it's a strange deal, you know? Um, but that was something that race in general is something that a, a couple of the candidates talked about. We talked about Cory Booker yeah. mm-hmm. talked about it a little bit because he comes from New Jersey, you know, Newark. such just a high incarceration rate there. There's a lot of drugs that go on in New Jersey. There's Dude, just a lot of crime that Newark, happens in New Jersey being on the outside city, of New York. Yeah. yeah. That city in general, Newark is a rough fucking town. Yeah. And it still is to this day. Yeah. You know, it's like fucking Baltimore right. is a rough fucking town and has been right. for a long time. There's a lot of, places like that where it's still rough dude even in fucking damn near 2020 it's not like fucking seattle you know seattle's got a lot of fucking problems too but there's a lot of those places that are still really fucking corrupted and feeling the effects of the corruption and stuff still to this day cory booker deals a lot with that right and joe biden i think called him he tried to call him out on some of that because as soon as Cory Booker became the mayor of Newark and took over. He had to deal with an incredible murder rate, an incredible crime rate, and a one of the most corrupt police departments right. around. And at try the time. and sort it out as mayor. Yeah. yeah. And so there was a a lot of probably I don't know if you want to call them unnecessary incarcerations, but there were some pretty fucked up situations where he started locking up a lot of people. Um, to kind of go along with Joe Biden's crime bill at the time, all yeah. this stuff, right? But And then he was also going through and, like, making these corrupt cops make all these fucking arrests and throwing all these people in jail right. while he was trying to clean up the department and all this. It was a fucking mess. So, I'm sorry, go ahead. If you but I would just say that was kind of the catalyst that kind of really started to drive the yeah. like, the racial mm-hmm. divide talk. So Casey and I had this conversation the other day. That, Case polls? Yeah. Every once in a while, Casey and I will have a conversation that's like almost contentious. And at the end, I'll be like, hey, I'm not trying to like be a dick. Like, I hope you know, I'm not trying to come after you like I don't. Because when he thinks he'll get quiet, you know, and but when he gets mad, he'll also get quiet. And so I don't know if when we're talking, he's quiet and responding quickly because he's mad that I'm being aggressive or he's just thinking about what we're talking about, you know. So then I'm always like, hey, like, I don't want you to be mad. And he's like, no, no, I'm just whatever. So we, we're talking about. Talking about Baltimore for some reason, probably because what Donald Trump was saying, you know, yeah. about fucking Elijah Cummings and whatnot. And so we were talking about like the 
the riots that happened, especially after Freddie Gray was killed, right? And so mm-hmm. to just refresh everybody, Freddie Gray was somebody that I don't remember what he was arrested for, but after being arrested, he's placed in the back of a paddy wagon and they fucking whip him around in the back of the car and his several his spinal cord is severed while he's in the back there while he's handcuffed yeah. and he dies, right? So Ben Shapiro was talking about it. He was like a conservative podcaster that Colin mm-hmm. I listened to, and he's like really belittling what happened you know and he's like yeah i guess you know he like fell over and and broke his spine and then he died like well hold the fuck on because it's someone doesn't just fall over and sever their spinal cord and die Mm -hmm. especially when we know that in baltimore what they call a rough ride is that's like a known police tactic that just they don't talk about you know Mm -hmm. people know about that there they they fucking talk around the wire dog like that's a thing you know people know like about a rough ride in baltimore you know and so then he was talking about the police chief and he was like oh and she just said oh we're gonna give the riders room to riot you know then played her audio clip and in the audio clip she's like oh well you know there's a really fine balance that we have to try and strike between allowing people to, you know, invoke their their rights to protest peacefully and, you know, express themselves and also keep people safe, you know, keep them safe, keep the officers safe. And so in a lot of situations, you have police officers in Baltimore, they're getting spit on, people are dumping shit on them because they're told not to just like let it be as long as it's not getting violent, you know. So Casey was upset that that's happening. These people are assholes that they're dumping water on people because they are like, Mm -hmm. regardless of whatever, because we get into that later, but if you're dumping water on a police that on a police officer that is there to control a riot and that's not doing anything, he's standing there just to keep it contained. You're an asshole, Mm -hmm. you know, because I mean, unless you watch that police officer fucking murder your brother and then he didn't get charged. If he's just a random police officer that you're dumping shit on and spitting on and like, you're an asshole. Right. So I, told him i agree with that I said because people who are doing that are assholes it's like mm-hmm. but you also have to consider the fact baltimore like seattle but even worse is a horrible horrible record with police brutality especially mm-hmm. among black people right they also have a horrible history planning drugs on people just being a, a horrible corrupt fucking mm-hmm. police department right yep so if you're a person who's lived in baltimore your whole life and you know three four five ten fucking people that have been either fucked over by the police or murdered by the police you're not going to think very highly of that police department, mm-hmm. even if you don't know those police officers, right? So, so it doesn't excuse their behavior. I said, but certainly it helps explain it a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, that if you've only had negative interactions with police officers your entire life, and now a member of your community has been murdered by the police in a senseless way, and there's no charges being drawn, you're going to be really fucking angry, mm-hmm. and you're going to want to riot, and you're going to want to destroy shit, and you're going to see a cop, and you're going to want to beat his ass because he's representing a body that is abusing your community. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it does not excuse their behavior, but you have to consider the circumstance that they are coming from and the the experiences they have that are coloring their perception of this situation with this police officer. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like it's it's horrible, like it's fucking horrible. So it doesn't excuse it. You know, it's like, but. You have to consider that. Like, that matters. You know, that matters. Mm-hmm. It's way different if we show up in a fucking riot and we are spitting on fucking police officers. Like, we are just assholes. Like, yeah. if we do that, we are just assholes. There's no excuse. There's no anything. Because we have not in- had negative interactions with police officers. Even, you know, when he has or when I have, they've not been overtly negative because of the race or, like, color of our skin or whatever the fuck. You know, mm-hmm. like... Like, we are just assholes. Like, and these people are assholes, but they are frustrated and angry, 
distraught fucking community you know that like that matters Mm -hmm. that matters in this situation you know like and it's it's disingenuous for ben shapiro to belittle that situation like that and the other situations that are similar to it around the country because that police chief is is walking possibly the thinnest fucking line that exists between protecting and controlling this distraught community Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. you need to let them do what they're going to do because they are upset they need to get that out or people will die Mm -hmm. you know especially in a place like baltimore where gang violence is so high people are getting shot all the fucking time it will only get worse if you don't let them express that in some way but you also can't let them beat on your fucking police officers Mm -hmm. you know you can't let them destroy buildings and cars and shit you know like that's I'm, I'm that's sure a tough line to hold. Rodney walk, King you know? thing is a big thing that they yeah. kind of look at to base off base what they should do for yeah mm-hmm. scenarios like that. <clears throat> yeah, and it's I mean yeah when you have buildings in L.A. being fucking mm-hmm. burned down and you have Asian fucking business owners shooting at people on their roofs <laughs> yeah. to protect their stores, you know, like you got a fucking problem. You know, there's a there is a there's some type of middle ground, you know, between getting your homes or we'll shoot you and burning down people's businesses who have nothing to do with what's going on. Yeah. You know, there's a middle ground there. And it's this sucks that those police officers are being shit on when they may actually try to be a good cop, you know. But this is not a I don't know. It's, I'm sure it's contrary, but this is not a terrible line to be at right now. No. You know, mm-hmm. that there's there's still unrest there. There's still bad things going on. People are still getting beat the fuck up. There's still weird shit. I don't know. Casey was talking about right where there's like a like a community something going on for Memorial Day weekend and there's just groups of people start beating down on each other. Like I don't know what the story is. It was probably precipitated by some type of fucking gang something you know mm-hmm. a land some type of shit you know and then when you see people thrown down in a group you're like hey i got beef with that guy i'm gonna beat his ass because this is going on and i'm just gonna get down mm-hmm. when you got 30 people doing that it turns into a mob real fucking quick you know oh, even yeah. if there's 10 different fights going on like that's so i don't like i said i i told case i wasn't i can't speak on that because i don't know what the fuck you're talking about you know I'm like but that's not happening just because they're black people. And Casey yeah. wasn't saying, you know, this fucking black people are just wild, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, but like, there's more to it than that. Even if it's not being reported, there's more to it than that. Like, it is not 30 people decided to just start fucking fighting each other for no reason. You yeah. know, like this, no. an event like this is precipitated by something. Like, something causes that, you know? And it's usually the little activist groups like uh, Antifa and the Proud Boys. Yeah, what, yeah. The new, what the Proud Boys have have become, what they've turned into now, and then Antifa is still this fucking nasty, violent organization. But the, usually, it's like two groups of like activists like that that are that are militant against each other that precipitates that kind of. That's like the linchpin to the to the mob taking over, and then it just becomes a fucking riot because mob mentality is a real thing. If you're at one of these, say, like a political rally or like a big event, like a Memorial Day thing or something like that, you know, you're in a different headspace. You know, you're very subjective to what's going on around you, and you st- you start getting in this crowd of people, and you're all feeding off each other's fucking energy, and then those motherfuckers over there, fucking 500 feet away, start going at it, and then it, it'll slowly creep in, creep in. And next thing you know, everybody's fucking fighting. Mm-hmm. And they don't even know why they're fucking fighting most of the time. Yeah. It just, it happens. But I did want to touch on one thing. The uh, During, was it the second night with Bill de Blasio? Yes. Yeah, he got talk, He got asked. Bill de Blasio is Asshole, the, dude. He's Bill de Blasio is an asshole. He's a piece of shit. He's the, <clears throat> um, 
the mayor of New York City. People yeah. hate him too. People he's hate a, Bill de Blasio. Yeah, he's a fucking groundhog killer. <laughs> did you see that? The video? Uh, yeah. He, he fucking, so you know, he did like the governor or the mayor of New York does the groundhog thing mm-hmm. every year. So he mm-hmm. dropped the groundhog and then it like died no not long afterwards. Yeah. 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 Well, They're fucking wiggling like crazy yeah. every time, but he didn't have it good yeah. enough and dropped it and it died shortly afterwards. Yeah. That's crazy. He like picks it up off Phil. the ground and yeah. then like the little handler grabs it and stuff like that. And then like right after that, it fucking died. Yeah. <laughs> Some kind of internal Super injury. sad. Yeah. yeah. Totally but, unintentional, but still yeah. super sad. And people shit on him for that. But this whole like calling. calling out of Cory Booker and stuff about how he handled that situation in Newark got Bill de Blasio involved with the situation going around or on with the death of Eric Garner from that cop in Staten Island, the NYPD officer Dan- Daniel Pentaleo. Yeah, yeah. Put him in a chokehold like seven times or something like that and ended up killing him. Yeah. And this cop is still actively on the force and you know it's pretty fucked up. And so people are calling Bill de Blasio out to say why didn't you know why isn't he fired? You know, why isn't he fired? Yeah. It's been like five years since this thing. And it it got me thinking to all these other instances. And I this morning I was listening to the Michael Medved show, which is a it's an AM show that on public radio. It's yeah, I heard based that out of before. Seattle. Um and does a really interesting kind of pop culture and politics radio show. But uh, I was listening to him, and he was talking about another case of police brutality where it's a white cop and a white victim, yeah. right? And it's a very fucked up situation. I don't want to talk about any of the details because I want to look it up for later. But uh, it's an instance of police brutality again in a situation that was completely unwarranted. Yeah. But because it's there's no racial factor, it's getting no airtime in the media. Right. And I think that is a severe problem because... So it's still a problem even if the guy's not Colin Kaepernick kneeling down during the national anthem against police brutality and, you know, all this stuff affecting, you know, the black communities, which is very real. It's just it's a sign and a a symptom of just the overall fucked up situation with police brutality. And I think we're we're never going to solve something if we try to solve it on the racial level. I think there's just there's something fundamentally wrong with the way we try to police these days. And it takes a completely different type of human being to be able to deal with it and not be mentally fucked up and get into these situations where you end up killing innocent fucking people. Right. And I think it's, it's, it's a shame that I think the overall racial divide attached to police brutality, I think is really, it's making it hard to really address the real problem. Yeah. Cause I think there is a severe problem with that. And whatever it is, on the whole, just on the whole, you know, and I think it's a, a like a mental health type of problem. Yeah, but that's just one guy's opinion. Who knows? But I think we need to focus more onto that side of it versus just the racial divide. That's just one aspect of it. Well, and I feel like I feel like uh, right. Another aspect is that you have people who maybe in some instances are racist, but I think in most cases just shouldn't be police officers. Yeah. You know, like you're in a position that you weren't tested on necessarily before because you weren't in a situation like that. But now that you're here, you're not the person to handle that situation. You know, the same, like the guy, the cop that sat outside the school in Parkland, you know, he's there with a gun drawn, but sits outside the school while the shooting is going on. Like, unfortunately that dude's on the force for X amount of time until we realize that he's not the fucking guy to be doing that, you Mm -hmm. know, because he doesn't have whatever it is, the bravery, the wherewithal, the anxiety control, whatever the fuck to get in there and do something about it. Like Mm -hmm. he's supposed to, you know, you like, uh, 
there was a shooting in Chicago. There's a podcast about it. It's called 16 Shots. And I think the kid's name is Laquan McDonald. And I don't want to fuck up his name, but... Um, that sounds really And familiar. I think the police officer's name was Jason Van Dyke. And so the kid is going down the street. He has like a little knife in his hand. And, you know, he's being told to stop by the police. And he's not stopping and whatever the fuck. There's like two or three other cops on the scene. Jason Van they have their guns drawn. They're pointing at the kid. But no one has shot him, right? Jason Van Dyke pulls up. Within like 60 seconds of being there, he fucking shoots this kid 16 times. Like, what the fuck happened there? That these other three cops are here and they're not shooting him. But you show up and he needs to be shot all of a sudden. You know, like, what the fuck is going on here? You know? And it says to me that dude obviously shouldn't be a cop. You know, Mm -hmm. he obviously – there's something that got missed in the process that's not being checked in the process of becoming a police officer. This dude should not be a fucking cop because he doesn't have the decision-making skills under pressure to not make a dumb fucking choice like unloading an entire magazine on a fucking 15-year-old kid. Mm -hmm. You know? It's – there's – there's some people that shouldn't be in those situations, you know, fucking George Zimmerman, the guy that shot the, you know, what, what the fuck was that guy? Uh, that, Trayvon. Yeah. Trayvon, Trayvon the, the, you know what I'm saying? Private citizen. That guy shouldn't have mm-hmm. a fucking gun. You yeah. know, there's something that's going on there. That's not getting tested. That dude shouldn't have a fucking gun. If he's going to be out making his own goddamn decisions like that, playing superhero, you know, yeah. I have a gun. It sits here the whole time. If I see a kid that I think looks sus, I'm not going to just start fucking following him and pointing my goddamn mm-hmm. gun at him. You know, that's not my job. That's not my responsibility, especially if I'm on the phone with 911 and they're telling me not to follow him. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not going to continue to do that, you know? I it, I don't know. There's there's something being missed here, you know, whether it's it's citizens doing this or police officers. There's something that's not being looked at here, you know, when they're getting these jobs and they're getting these guns that you shouldn't fucking have that, yeah. you know? If there are cops that can be in similar situations like this 30 years and not ever unreasonably take a person's life, what the fuck is going on here? Like, what's the difference? You know, that yeah. this guy is fine. That if he were there, the other two cops that were there when Lake, when the Quam McDonald got shot, they didn't shoot him, but this third guy did. Like, mm-hmm. what's, what's the difference here? You know, I think the problem is that unless, unless an individual is actually forced into that situation where yeah, they have to be deal certain. with it. Yeah. Like, you just, how do you, how do you test somebody's ability to operate under that pressure? Have you guys seen the kind movie, of uh, Fruitvale Station? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Michael B. Jordan. Yep. Uh, that, it's a super Michael good movie, and I think that's a good example of uh, coming down to the heat of the moment, like, yeah. making that decision. And I think my uncles will argue with it all day because I was living down there, and I have a few uncles that are cops at the time of that happening. Yeah. But uh, it was just the heat of the moment, and he just – was going for his taser, so he says, and pulled his gun and shot the guy. Yeah. My uncles argue it was, you should have muscle or muscle memory by then. You should know what you're pulling out. You should know mm-hmm. what's where on your yeah, belt. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But it, you know, they got hundreds of people around them. It's New Year's Eve and... I think fruit Vales. tensions are obviously super high. Yeah, you I know. think fruit Vales in San Francisco. I can't remember. It's been well, there's all those people the yelling and screaming yeah, exactly. going They're on all like yelling and yeah. screaming exactly. And if you shouldn't be able to handle that, then you probably shouldn't, you shouldn't be, a cop. be a fucking cop. Yep. You know? Yeah. No, that was an excellent. But yeah, movie. That, that's a super good movie. If you haven't seen it, you should. They play the footage in the movie too. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah. They um, do. So they have the reenactment and then they play the actual footage, and you mm-hmm. can see you're like that is fucking obscene. And it was, it was a know? super big deal while I was living down there because I remember. I moved down there in 2009, and I think that's when the actual incident happened. Yeah. And uh, there was riots and right. like the, the whole trial and everything was going down from when I was living down there. And I remember when uh, 
the actual sentencing happened. I think the cop got found. I'm not 100% sure, but I think he got found not guilty. There was a ton of riots in Oakland. Oh, yeah. A ton of riots. So just so you know, Colin, in this movie, Michael B. Jordan, he he dies by the hands of a police officer. When he dies, he's face down on the ground like with his hand behind his back. Yeah. And, oh. and the police officer says that he's reaching he for something or struggling too much. Yeah. And so he reaches, says he reaches for his taser, but pulls his gun and just shoots mm. him. Shoots him right in the fucking back. Yeah. There's, um, there's something going on there where wherever we're at in this system, there's something fundamentally wrong with what we're doing right. and how we're doing it. And I think it, the whole thing, we just need to figure out a better way to, I don't, and who fucking knows what it would be, but it's, I can tell you it's going to be unrecognizable from what we have now because this yeah. obviously doesn't work. The old school way of just going into, you know, basic training for cops and do, going through the, the psyche valve and all this, it just doesn't work, obviously. Right. And so <clears throat> something needs to happen. Maybe it's, you know, shifts in the field, out the field, where you just don't become so crass and fucked up from all the bad right, shit you right. have to deal with every day. Who, who fucking knows? I don't think any normal human being can be a police officer, especially in like a rough inner city, and be totally fine after four or five years of dealing with all that fucking madness around every them. single day you, yeah mentally you are fucked up at that point yeah lots of them retired my uncle retired after 12 years being a police officer in uh alameda county which is oakland mm-hmm. Alam- the city of alameda all the surrounding areas yeah, yeah. fuck maybe we You're make retirement age for a cup 10 years or something right. where you can you get in and then by the time you've you just can't handle this anymore that's okay because you can't be a You're police done officer anyway anymore. yeah like you maybe you write a desk for the rest of your career right. something but yeah, something, something's got to happen. Yeah, so he was a police officer for 12 years? Yep, 12 years. Yeah, he retired dope. after something happened that kind of... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't want to talk about it, but... <laughs> right, oh, no, yeah, and, yeah, and that's fine, yeah. He, he, he broke down to me when it happened, though, because it was something that happened to somebody around my age at the time. I was like, let's see, 2010, so 12 years ago, I was like 11, and... He just broke down. I remember it happening, but he retired not too long after that. Right. Just, I think that's something that doesn't get considered a lot of times in situations. They medically like, retired him, too. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Full that's good. And that's good. Which I thought was super legit. I think that's something that doesn't get considered a lot of times in situations. Not like this, Fruitvale Station, that cops a piece of fucking piece of shit, mm-hmm. right? But um, just in other situations that maybe are more questionable, you know, that are mm-hmm. not so obvious, like police brutality, but. Something that's not considered is the tension and the pressure that police officer is under to make a decision like that, you know, mm-hmm. where there is something that's questionable, like, so it's used, for example, like the, the shooting they have in Paul's bill, mm-hmm. right? There's all kinds of people that are like, oh, he should have been tased. He should have, you know, whatever. And, but the police officer obviously felt like it was the right decision to use his gun and to end this and whatever the fuck, right? So there's all kinds of people that argue in different ways what he should have done, right? But I think there's not enough Credit maybe is not the right word, but validity given to the position that officers in to make a decision like that Mm -hmm. on such an instant basis, you know, that, and I can't, I can't say whether or not that was the correct decision, you know, only Mm -hmm. that some people feel it was and some people feel it wasn't right until there's an investigation. We won't know, you know, but at that time, when you are that police officer, you have to make that decision, you know, and sometimes it's not so black and white that this guy's face down on the ground and he shouldn't be fucking shot. You know, sometimes it's a little less clear about what you should do, where someone is trying to threaten somebody else. Someone else does have a gun. They do have a screwdriver. They have a whatever the fuck, you know, Mm -hmm. where the decision is not so clear. 
you know, at the time. And I don't feel like in a lot of instances, there's enough credit given to that, that like the, he is a person who's been trained for this, but you still have to make that decision in such a split fucking second, yep. you know, that, like I said, if it's not so clear, you know, that at the time we're like, oh, well, he, sh-, you know, it's obvious this guy should not have shot this man that was laying mm-hmm. on the ground. If he was going to try and do something, he should have used his taser. He should know better, you know? Sometimes it's not so clear. And I think in a lot of those cases, there's not enough credence given to like, think about the police officer also, you know, that there's, there's shit that's going on here, you know? It's uh-huh. not like he's calm as fucking day and he's just like, ah, mm-hmm. fuck it, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm over this. Like, I don't want to do been this in anymore. A situation that's somewhat, somewhat similar. You know what I'm saying? Felt his life was in danger before. And, right. And he was more lenient that time mm-hmm. and he got fucking stabbed the time before, you know, mm-hmm. like he may not want to take that risk as much the second time, you know, or even if he's working on that animal instinct, his body's going to remember last time you got stabbed. Yeah. Last time you tased this guy, his body jolted and you got fucking stabbed mm-hmm. anyway, you know, so maybe don't do that this time, mm-hmm. you know, so it may, it may not be something he actively chooses to do. It's a, a, a body thing. You know, I don't know, but I'm going to run to the. Bathroom. What? I can't do it this time, bro. <laughs> I don't know. Pounded too much water. No, that's all right. That's all right. So let's see. I mostly have notes from from night one. Um, okay. Let's talk about something that I'm I'm not super clear about, right? But all I know that is things that I've read. So Amy Klobuchar is a senator from Minnesota, mm-hmm. um, and one of the things that she talked about is she said the people of Flint are still drinking bottled water, mm-hmm. right? So I heard like. Oh, I mean, people have been talking about it ever since it happened, mm-hmm. right? And so I've read some articles in the last couple of months because I was really unclear about what the fuck was going on there, yeah. you know? That, like, I, I mean, I knew what happened, but I mean, mm-hmm. since then. And, and I can't personally attest to what's going on because I don't live in Flint, you oh, know? For sure. But I read articles from a bunch of different places that were saying, like, the tested water levels in Flint, like, are back to safe levels. Mm-hmm. But because of the deception of the community, there's a lot of people who aren't willing to believe what they're being told. So mm-hmm. they're drinking bottled water anyway because they don't fucking trust what the government is saying, you yeah. know? So from what I understand, they're in most areas, in all areas in Flint, like, the Water levels are down to safe drinking levels, mm-hmm. but there are people there that are attesting that they're not. You know, they're saying that they're not. They're saying their water is still shitty, that they still have to drink bottled water. I don't know because yeah. I don't live there. Most you know, definitely. all I know is that I've read That's articles at this it, point. Right. Mm-hmm. All I know is that there are people saying Flintstone doesn't have clean water, but I read, you know, like half a dozen articles that are saying that like the water's been tested. Like the local officials are saying this. Mm-hmm. I also am not saying that I 100% believe the local officials oh, because sure. obviously what they're happened? pieces of shit. They're yeah. Them, right. So. But we're talking about Flint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I was talking about that. I had read articles in the last couple of months that are saying that the water levels in Flint are at safe drinking levels. Yes. But there are people that don't trust the leadership in the community, obviously, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons and are still mm-hmm. choosing to drink bottled water. They're still saying their water isn't at safe levels. Um, and I, so I said, I can't, I can't attest personally. Obviously, I don't live in Michigan. I don't know. You know, if I had a family but, out there. It'd, hardly, it'd be hard for me to believe whether or not. You know what I'm I saying? Be mm-hmm. my and that's, child or yeah. My, cared ones you know so it's, well, i thought there was water. a thing too where all of the essentially the entire water system just due to the fact that as long as that contaminated water flew through those fucking pipes yeah a lot of systems have to be replaced because they're right. still That's not safe right yeah. the yeah. water source now is right mm-hmm. there's the still fallout's still fucking real mm-hmm. and that's part of the confusion there yeah is that some places still so not all that's all of flint right yeah. that's why i put it in mm-hmm. quotes because not all of flint had the source you're correct is clean but places who are super far away you know yeah. who had dirty water for a long time they're still getting shit in their water mm-hmm. from that 
because it's still in the system like residually, yeah. you know? And they were saying, they did say that in those articles, it would take time for all of those pipes to be replaced, you know, yeah. for it to like be completely fixed. But like they were doing the the water source change had been done you know yeah. and in most Rather places quickly, but yeah and in most places in flint the drinking water was at at safe levels you know yeah. like i said i'm not i'm not throwing shade either mm-hmm. way you know but the the point of the podcast is just to be clear on either way and so i'm just trying to say that like there there's players places where there is clean water like mm-hmm. there, it is not widespread from what i understand everyone in flint is not drinking bottled water you yeah. know but there are places where people first of all don't trust them so they're still drinking bottled water Second of all, they actually don't have clean water still because they're on the outskirts, you know, mm-hmm. and so they can't or still don't want to or whatever the fuck, you know, but there's, and I don't think that they're handing out bottled water anymore, but they're still doing filters. Like you can still go mm-hmm. and get a filter from the government. There's even people who don't trust the filters from the government, you know, yeah, because uh-huh. they're like, well, if you fucking lied to me about the water before, why do I give a shit about your filter? You know, probably fucking lead in this water filter, bitch. Like, mm-hmm. so I was watching this. I want to say it was a Netflix series about Flint and being a cop in Flint. And it was super interesting. Like, I mean, they vaguely go over the water, but how fucked up of a city it is already. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. They had some severe corruption problems. Mm-hmm. Really, really fucking bad. Which it sounds like it's mostly, mostly cleared up now. <clears throat> yeah. But again, it, it always takes a, 10 times longer to fix the damage that was done mm. whenever something like that gets fixed. Yeah. Um, so who was it that, w- that was talking about Flint? Amy Klobuchar. She said that people right. of Flint are still drinking bottled water. And so I wrote that down because, like I said, I knew that that wasn't 100% true. Mm-hmm. But I also know that it's not 100% false. You know, that that is still happening. But it's they don't have the water handout stations. It's not – no one in Flint can drink their water, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And so I just – I don't know. She wasn't saying that. I wrote down the quote. She said the people of Flint are still drinking bottled water. So mm-hmm. that is not an untrue statement on its face, mm-hmm. but it seems like it's a misleading statement, you know, that, well, everyone in Flint is still drinking bottled water, but they're not, you know, but there yeah. are like, it's, that's still a thing that's happening. There, yeah. You know, so, so that's really like <clears throat> one thing that I held on from there. And honestly, um, I, I don't blame people that would not fuck trust no, no. that anymore. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not throwing shade either way. You know, I'm I just, not. It's but. so vital to life. And yeah. If you rely on get. If the only way you can get water is to get it from the city. Yeah. Or something like you are totally at odds with them. Bye. Drive safe. Shout love. <laughs> so I don't blame them at all. Yeah. Um. There was one more thing. Is there anything else major you want to hit from the first night? Um, no, I just have like little notes and stuff like that. Um, what do you think of the the Elizabeth Warren Bernie Sanders kind of lineup? You know, battle that did not take place. Yeah, yeah. So people expected. Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders are the two like big progressive candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they expected them to like go at it kind of head to head to try and win first place in the progressive category. Mm-hmm. And they really kind of like teamed up to try and fight off everybody else mm-hmm. and yeah. like just kind of push, po- push forward the progressive agenda, which is kind of a good idea if they want one of them to make it to the end, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't provide you what you wanted to see which one like was going to come out the top dog, you know? Um, one thing I did write about down Elizabeth Warren is that she still is not willing to own that Medicare for all is going to cost people more money, right? Mm-hmm. She's saying that it's just going to be the corporations and the rich, but regular people aren't going to pay more money. At least Bernie Sanders 
has come out and said, he's like, people will pay more in taxes, but it will be offset by the money you're saving from your health care. That's like, what I heard from like, yeah. Right. Like, the, you will pay more in taxes. I'm not telling you that you won't, but you won't pay as much money overall for your health care as you are right Which now. Which to me makes sense. Word, right? Yeah. That, like, that's, and I can at least buy that. Mm-hmm. You know, I can at least buy that. I can fucking appreciate that you're mm-hmm. saying that, you know, but Elizabeth Warren is still like, nope, fuck that. Middle class isn't going to pay any more taxes. You're yeah. just going to get better shit for free, you know? That's not the case. Like, that's no one, I don't think, can legitimately uh-uh. argue that that is truth, you mm-hmm. know? So I appreciate that at least Bernie Sanders is willing to fucking say it, you know, that you will pay more in taxes, yeah. but you will save money in healthcare. Uh-huh. But that doesn't account for people like myself, right? And I don't know how big of a community this is among the United States. I have healthcare through my work and they pay my premium. Yes. I don't pay any money monthly for healthcare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you, you do. charge me a little bit, you pay into their group rate. Look at your pay stub next work, time. You'll work. see it. Yeah, because so, anybody that has work, right, work paid for, you know, healthcare. But I don't cover pay provided. a premium of several hundred dollars. Yeah. I do pay not pay six hundred nominal dollars a month. That, mm-hmm. I pay a nominal fee that I yes. don't fucking even realize is coming out of my goddamn paycheck. Yes. you know. And it, it was the same like when I was in the military. You yeah. pay into Tricare, mm-hmm. and it's this kind of weird quasi socialistic. You know, format. Everyone pays a little for, for everyone to get covered. Yes. Yeah. And then that way businesses, can, they don't have to pay $600, $800 a pop per employee. Mm-hmm. You get the group discount. And it's but essentially it's how it works. still that much money. Yes. Because how fucked up health insurance is now. Yeah. Um, so anyway, my point, right, mm-hmm. is largely that I don't pay several hundred dollars for a yes. premium every month. Mm-hmm. Is really my point, right? I do pay a nominal fee for my insurance. Yes. But, but I don't pay a monthly premium of $700 for my insurance every month, right? Mm-hmm. I pay $200 a month to have DAX on my insurance. Yep. And if I were to add Jordan, it would cost me almost $700 a month, right? Yes. So yeah. if, and my insurance is like pretty good, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's pretty good. It's not fantastic. All my prescriptions are mad cheap and like, but like the deductible is, is fucking high. Like, it, you know, it's all oh, the yeah. shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so we're, we're in a weird place. And one of the reasons I pay so much attention to the Democrats and and healthcare is because if we were in a place where we did have to pay for Jordan's healthcare, I would be in a place where I would have to seek government assistance. Mm-hmm. But I am right on the cusp of I make too much money, and I, I don't make a bunch of money. Oh, you know, sure. I'm not. Mm-hmm. But I make too much money that we are not eligible for food stamps, for daycare assistance, for mm-hmm. we're not eligible for any of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, as one person, make too much money, which is not that much money. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But they're not going to look at that. If I have to pay for the insurance, they're looking at my gross pay, not mm-hmm. what I take home. Yep. So where the fuck does that leave me? Yeah. If I have to start paying for my insurance, Jordan's insurance, and taxes all in mm-hmm. one month, every month, I'm not going to be able to afford my bills, and I'm not going to be able to get government assistance to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I, as a, a standard American who has a, a regular life where my wife stays at home to watch our baby so we can save money on daycare – I can't afford my life anymore. Mm-hmm. My wife now has to go to work and we have to pay for childcare, which we still can't government, can't get government assistance mm-hmm. for because we make too and much now you're money. Making even more money. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So what incentive the fuck do I have to, to pick any of these people mm-hmm. who wants to raise my taxes that when I am just making it by now, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't want to help me make it by because I'm just right on the cusp, yeah. you know? Like, what incentive do I have to want to make more money if I'm not going to get anything else from that? You know, I'm only going to lose money. Because like now, if that's what happened, I have to we'll work another 10 hours a week to fucking pay for my shit. So now I'm losing time with my kid, losing yeah. time with my wife, and I have to work more for it to be taken from my check. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, 
to make as much money as I'm taking home right now. Because well, that's you know? what's ludicrous. And like, I think that's the most disingenuous thing about all these people's Medicare for all program. Do you have more beer in here? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Some. <laughs> There's some in there. Yeah. There's not too, too much, but yeah. definitely grab whatever you fucking feel like. Right. Hey everyone, I really hope you're loving this week's episode of Salt of the Streets podcast. Well, did you know that you can actually get paid just for listening to this podcast? I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. We just discovered this free new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to podcasts, and you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then, you turn that PodCoin in for gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks. Or, if you're a really good person, you can even donate that PodCoin to various charities. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. Download the app right now on iPhone or Android, and I have a special code just for you. Simply use our code SALTPOD, that's S-A-L-T-P-O-D, SALTPOD, and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And if you listen to enough of on there, you can get what I like to get at Starbucks, a nice grande nitro cold brew purely on us. So go ahead and go listen to this podcast right now or virtually any other podcast right now on PodCoin and make sure to sign up with our code SALTPOD, S-A-L-T-P-O-D, SALTPOD. I swear it'll change the way you listen to podcasts. And now back to the show. So Medicare for all. Yes. Part of the conversation around Medicare for all is this idea of making private insurance illegal or at least inaccessible. Yes. most people because everyone's going to be you covered heard about that as Medicare. Making private insurance illegal. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's part of the Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren Medicare for all plan that after X amount of time, you, private insurance is illegal. You're not allowed mm. to do it anymore what unless it's for fuck? cosmetic reasons. You need to try this. Is it? Someone yes. gave one to me and that's why I got it for you because I haven't tried mine yet. It straight up tastes like peanut butter beer and it's not bad. It's really good. Try that shit, Isaiah. It does taste like that's weird. It's money. It is money. I'm a big that's stout guy too. I like. I love dark beer, and I don't really like stouts, but yeah. I kind of like that. Tell me that's not that's straight fucking Skippy peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real fucking that's interesting. Good. So the biggest, yeah, making private insurance illegal, right? And this, the question always comes up: Well, what about people's employer-sponsored healthcare? And that is something I think a lot of people are going to miss because yeah. I don't believe that a true full Medicare for all switchover, right? You move everybody over to Medicare for all. It's not going to be cheaper for somebody that's getting their health care covered through their employer. Even if it's for the most being, part. Even if it's only because <clears throat> because I'm f- not totally unique, but it's less common for you to have Ooh. for your company to pay your whole yeah. premium, right? Generally, yeah. they'll cover part, part of, of your it. premium every month. So you're paying... Like half of your monthly premium cost yeah. or something like that, right? I think so, that's the the law is if you have over 15 employees or or 50 employees or something like that. You have to offer you have to, insurance. Yeah, right? by, and you have to cover at least 50% of it. Yeah, so so most people are paying half of their premium every month, yeah. right? Which is what, so like I say, if it's like $650 for Jordan. Oh, so let's call it three. outlandish. Right, so mm-hmm. let's call it 400 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Do you? It's. I'm not going to save money on a fucking if I'm paying the whole thing every no. month in my taxes. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like that's not gonna. And I don't know. That's why I have to look more at the actual numbers they're working with because it seems weird to me that those people who are not paying the standard monthly cost for insurance are going to actually save money. You know? Yeah. And I know if I'm not paying for my insurance at all every month, appreciate it. Like, yeah. I'm not going to save money. I'm going to pay more money. You know? Uh-huh. That doesn't behoove me. 
nope. for any of you guys to be in office because I'm just going to get fucked. And maybe that's not a good enough reason because I don't know how many people are in the same position as I am in the United States. I don't know how unique my position is, you know, but the, just this doesn't feel that weird. You know, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. very unique to me to to be a young married man who has traditional values and whose wife wants to stay home and watch their baby so that we save money on daycare. You know, I think like that doesn't I think feel you unique save lots to of me. money elsewhere too, though. Like Certainly. we put lots of money into trying to help the homeless, or so it seems. But like lots of these homeless people are a on drugs, yeah, and b could be a combination of on drugs or mentally ill. Mm-hmm. But you can eliminate a lot of that by providing free psychological health care and yep. lots of that stems from physical uh just physical health care problems you know and you mm-hmm. have people that will donate their time to that you know oh, there's sure. no, there's no shortage of people of psycho of psychologists psychiatrists that will donate their time mm-hmm. to free care to for fucking people to not be insane on the streets mm-hmm. who are a in general, a danger to people that are around them. You know, oh, yeah. not like they're just you're a danger of being stabbed at any fucking moment. You know, but mm-hmm. if you're talking to somebody who has like undiagnosed schizophrenia, if you have a conversation with them that they're not having the same conversation, mm-hmm. that shit could get violent. You know, yeah. and yeah. that's that's not because you're a dick or they're a dick. It's because they're mentally ill and mm-hmm. you don't know that. You know, yeah. you don't know that, so you don't mm-hmm. know to interact with them any differently. And if you say fuck you, mm-hmm. that person might fucking stab you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, whereas someone who is not mentally ill might just be like. Well, that guy's a fucking asshole, yeah. you know. But someone else who's just an asshole might and also. That's not stab necessarily you. So, their fault either, that's, right? Uh-huh. And that's and I don't mean it all just because it's no. it's not. If mm-hmm. you're mentally ill, that's that's not on you, mm-hmm. you know. What I mean, especially if you're homeless, you have way less resources, way less ability to go and get. If there's some type of drug that might help, you have way less resources mm-hmm. to get that. Oh yeah, to maintain the prescription. That's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. To even to get it to maintain it after you have received it, like that's. Even if you are able to scrape the money to get one month, what about next month? If it's $100 every fucking month or whatever, like that's... Oh, insulin medicine for one, like diabetic medicine is really fucking expensive. I work with a a guy who's got diabetes and there are months where he's like, well, you know, it was either I shell out like $600 this month or, you know, or I have, or I do something where I actually like have to pay a bill or I have to do this or it's, it's one of the two. So he goes, so I just fucking... I don't buy insulin this month. Which is ludicrous. Insane. It doesn't make sense to me that anything that an American needs to buy for their health is so expensive that you have to choose, you know, a bill or or my insulin so Mm -hmm. that maybe I can actually eat like a normal person for a month, you know? Like that's, that seems weird. You know, how do you get to a point, how do we get to a point as a country where this costs are so inflated? You know, it's just straight greed, dog. Like that's Mm -hmm. straight greed and unregulated cost, you know? And I was like, I appreciate that at least about, Joe Biden's deal is like establishing whatever board or whatever the fuck he called it that tells companies what they can charge for their drug mm-hmm. or their whatever. He's like, that's, that's too much. You cannot charge that much for that insulin. Like mm-hmm. that's too much. People can't afford it. It doesn't fit with the cost of standard Americans, whatever the fuck your production. Mm-hmm. Like, so there was the one guy who bought the fucking, the, the AIDS drug company or whatever the fuck the, yeah, uh, the EpiPens. EpiPens. It was EpiPens. He bought EpiPens mm-hmm. and then raised the cost like a thousand percent. Like, because you're a piece of shit, you know, and that and guy's still in jail like now. four and grand a pop. You know what I'm saying? It's because you're a piece of shit. It's not mm-hmm. because it needs to be that way. It's because you want to make more money, mm-hmm. you know? So I at least appreciate the idea of there being some type of body that is regulating that, you know, to main, maintain costs for people, you mm-hmm. know, because it's just – tell me why I can get a bottle of fucking Percocet for $8, 
right? Because when I fucked up my back, or I don't even remember what my problem was. I, I got a prescription for Percocet. I bought a 30 Percocet for $8. But when I needed to buy a medicine for my stomach, right, that was like like to help coat it and shit, it was over $100, for a bottle of some fucking liquid shit that I needed to take to help me deal with my ulcers and shit. It's over $100. But Percocet is $8. Same insurance, same mm-hmm. thing every time. Mm-hmm. Why? Why the fuck is that how this goes? That's something that yep. actually I need, you know, where I didn't, maybe I need the Percocet. I, like, I don't remember what it was for, right? But I went and I got, I got the script. I probably could use something. I was probably use Tylenol 3s, fucking something. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't need Percocet, right? Because there's people all over the country, all over the world that don't get Percocet, mm-hmm. you know? But I need this medicine for my stomach and it costs 10 times the price of, of addictive fucking pills. Like, yeah. why? And it's crazy because the pharmaceutical market is, is not necessarily like any other market in the economy. Like it's not necessarily just this free market system. There's some weird regulation stuff in there. And then there's this weird, you know, the amount of money that a corp, you know, a corporation will spend in researching and developing and getting a drug through the, you know, the, oh my God, USDA, FDA. FDA and, uh, you know, this whole process before they can bring it to market. And they feel for whatever fucking reason they have to sell it for this price. And somehow or other, they can just fucking do that and get away with it. But there's some problem in the process because it is expensive and it is very time consuming to, to develop a very good functional drug right, that does right. the job and doesn't mm-hmm. fuck you up with a, a thousand terrible side effects. Right? All the trials and shit. And, yeah. yeah. But I don't know. Maybe that's something that I would love to pay into. And that would be a, that would be probably some area of the economy where I would probably welcome some kind of regulations that are pretty strict to follow. And that goes against all of my like libertarian free market values. But I think that bridge has been fucking burned with that industry. Yeah. You know, same with, you know, uh, big agro, all the big fucking, you know, insurance companies for one, whether we're talking health insurance, auto insurance, life insurance, any of it, it's all this, it's like the biggest fucking legal racket mm-hmm. in the world. And they, people just cash in on this shit. Um, but I did want to bring it back for one second, back to this, uh, the the Medicare for all talk, right? Yeah. There was only, and I might be wrong about this, so correct me if I'm wrong. There's only three people on any of the two nights that actually tried to drop in the fact that we don't have a healthcare system in America. We have a sick care system, right? Marianne Williamson was one of them. <laughs> she was definitely one of them. Marianne Williamson. And Who then is it- probably a great fucking writer. I yes. got to imagine she's got to be an incredible writer, right? She talks she, like a cult leader. She's got to be good. <laughs> she's you know got to I mean? be an incredible writer because the shit that she wrote and then said up there Dude. was awesome. The, was that like, first night she got on the stage, <laughs> her her closing statement where she's calling out Donald Trump to the battlefield and she's going to fucking defeat him with love. Yeah. And I was like, this is getting weird, dude. But the, but time two. Yeah. No, yeah. She, but time two, good. she killed it. Yeah. And Andrew Yang also said something, I think, in his closing statement about it or he might have been when he he got a lot more airtime the second Fuck night around yeah. most and of the he, people polling lower got more airtime yes. which i enjoyed john delaney tim ryan got more time tulsi yep. gabbard yeah and tulsi gabbard was the other one that i remember talking about sick care too and i think that is very very important yeah because uh, whether it's fucking you know physical therapy or you know psychological therapy just some random dude going to say go see a therapist once a month right like most health insurance com- companies do not cover that type of shit unless you're like 
you need it to prevent fucking suicide or something, mm-hmm. right? For sorry, go ahead. And it's just that's the kind of stuff we should be focusing on. So, so that's what they meant by sick cares. Yeah, they're we don't treating, keep people healthy. Treating sickness is not, not preventative, yeah, right? Or preventing so, for me to go, I see. Care. I see a therapist. I don't know if she's uh, she doesn't prescribe medicine. She's just a psychiatrist. She's a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's fifty dollars for me to go and see her every time. But she like double adjusts my price, like for what it would be That's for cool. me to go and see her, so I can afford it because she's mm-hmm. fucking cool, right? Yeah. Usually it would be a hundred dollars. I can when I first was going, I was trying to go like every other week. It's like I cannot afford two hundred dollars a month. So like for me to come and see you like and I like yeah. I need this but I, like I can't you know I can't afford it so she was like all right well let me like make an adjustment because like, you like seventy five and I was like man I don't know like I don't know that I can afford like an extra hundred fifty dollars like for as cheap as it sounds like but for me to fucking go and talk to someone you know mm-hmm. so she double adjusts it to fifty dollars so I can go and see her you know what I'm saying and now I go just every couple of weeks so like when I feel like I just need to go and like do what's up you know so I could probably do like I could probably do a hundred dollars now but she doesn't request that of me you know what I'm saying because she like knows, and, you know, I'm not gonna she, tell her right because she knows what's up you know and yeah. but it's it's unfortunate that mm-hmm. like even through my insurance she accepts my insurance she's a preferred provider of my insurance mm-hmm. it still costs me a hundred fucking dollars for me to, for an hour for me to go and sit and talk to someone and it's not because she charges an exorbitant amount of money you know it's because my insurance won't actually cover the fucking cost for me to stay mentally healthy you know and i don't have you know like documented medically documented anxiety or whatever you know i've been on a couple different things for like anxiety and depression but like i don't i'm not like constantly monitored you know Mm -hmm. for like my level of anxiety or depression or anything but like i don't even if i was everybody has a little bit of something going on yeah yeah whether people Truly believe it or not. Yeah. Well, that's why I think it's so important because everybody, whether you think you need to or not, should probably go fucking talk to a professional. It's just good to, for you, Doug. Yeah. I mean, I've heard nothing but good things from very normal fucking people yeah. who just go talk to a therapist once a month. Well, and when I tell people about it, anybody who seems, you know, overly upset to me and it's like I feel like maybe could benefit from that, but is obviously embarrassed to even consider it, you know, mm-hmm. like, you I see a therapist. I'm like, and I don't see it because I want to kill myself all the time or anything like that. I'm like, I go and see a therapist because even with my best friends and my wife who I could tell anything to, they're just really nice to go and talk to someone and literally be able to say whatever I want. And I don't have to concern myself with the way that she's going to feel, what the mm-hmm. fuck she's going to think about me, nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and I can go and try out nine, ten different therapists till I find one I really like, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I don't need to worry about it. I can keep that stuff and I don't have to hold it in for fucking 90 years until I die. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can wait two weeks mm-hmm. and I can go and see him like, man, I was thinking about this and I just, just fuck babies, you know, just whatever. Like I, you know, I just, I hate this person, like whatever fuck, you know, I don't have to worry about that person's feelings when I'm there. Mm-hmm. And that's a really nice thing for an hour to be able to just fucking talk or to have someone be able to provide an unbiased, really unconnected opinion mm-hmm. to something that's going on because that might help you solve your fucking problem, you know? Because she doesn't have any, she doesn't have any dog in a fight in my life. Like she's, uh, she's not friends with anybody I know. She's not related to me. She's nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just like on a, on a completely personal basis. If I live or die, is no consequence to my therapist, you know? Mm-hmm. Like as a person. But oh, she, she'll be sad. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like, she, you know, so her, 
she has like an unemotional opinion on what I'm mm-hmm. doing and mm-hmm. what I'm what I'm going through that is insanely helpful sometimes, you know, oh, because yeah. I'm unable to make a rational decision because I'm so emotionally invested, you mm-hmm. know, that's very helpful. And I don't think that that's because I'm mentally unhealthy or anything. I feel like I'm more mentally healthy now that I have started to go and see her over the last two, three years than I was before, you know, because now when I get in a fit of depression or anxiety, I'm able to recognize that. Mm-hmm. I'm able to recognize, well, I don't really feel this way. I don't really like, I can't plug something into the wall. And I'm like, I'm going to kill myself. Like, I'm so frustrated. I can't, I'm going to fucking kill myself. Like, well, I don't really feel that way. Like, I'm depressed. I've been depressed for like a week, you know? So like, little things are going to just trigger the most irrational thoughts in my head. The most extreme thoughts, you know? Just like, I'm so fucking over this. Like, this yeah. is so stupid, you know? When it's, it's as an average person, I don't feel that way all the time, you know? It's mm-hmm. just, and right now, I'm in a fucking a low of depression, then, like, I'll be fine, you know? Give it time. Yep. Like, it's just, I've dealt with depression since I was, like, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going on 25 years old now. It's been 10 years, you know? Oh, yeah. But it took three, four different therapists for me to be able to recognize that, understand it, deal with it in a healthy way that's not just telling someone, like, man, I'm just, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm about to fucking kill myself, you know? <laughs> like, it's able to, like, say that in your head and be like, well, that's dumb, you know? Like, that's just an extreme reaction to something that I've experienced, and I know that's not really where I'm at, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just... Just is just what's coloring, you know, what's going on. And I think it's so helpful to be able to recognize things like that, you know, and be able to pull yourself out of shit like that, you know, that I feel comfortable, even though I have dealt with depression in my life, still to know that, like, I own a firearm and I'm never going to be in a place where I'm like, well, I'm just going to kill myself because I got a gun right here, you know, because I have developed skills to be able to separate myself from that emotion and regulate that mm-hmm. you know that's super important you know that's that's very very vital i think for somebody who's going to deal with depression deal with anxiety you know you got to be able to separate yourself from that therapy is what helped me figure that out mm-hmm. you know help me not fucking put holes through walls fucking through. i did it all when i was growing up you know and mm-hmm. as dumb it is like i'm super proud that in the house that we've lived in now i've never punched one hole in any fucking sheetrock in that whole house you know that's healthy mm-hmm. did that like my whole life growing up i was putting my hand through fucking walls not one you know in like six years like that's really good you know to be a 24 year old and like not since i was 18 have i put my hand through a wall like that's pretty good that's healthy you know and yeah. it's and that's some people i'm sure think that's stupid you know whatever the fuck but that's like when that's what I did for so long if you looked at that fucking house in Quinal, dog mm-hmm. there was patchwork all over that goddamn house for me just walking down the stairs boom yeah. alright well I gotta fucking get patch real good at patching fucking oh yeah dude wall. oh fucking yeah yep they're just a little piece of metal with mesh on and <laughs> yeah, yeah no I got real good at it because I you know did, did it so many fucking times yeah but like it's 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 therapy that can help teach you the skills to deal with that, you know, that even if you're not someone who needs to be medicated, who needs to be whatever, you yeah. know, that's, that will just, just, through some just help you develop skills to deal with your everyday life. Yeah. You know, that's what, that's what I fucking do the podcast for. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah. you don't fucking judge me so I can just mm. let it fly and no. it's great. <laughs> no. And this certainly, since I've done the podcast, I've gone less because this helps provide some of that, you know? And I was talking to someone else, <laughs> Jordan's dad about the podcast. And I was like, I do the podcast because if I didn't do the podcast, I would have to find a different job. So yep. I would have to have a different job because my job, as much as I love it and I like provides what I need, it doesn't provide everything I need emotionally. You know, mm-hmm. and the podcast is that other half of that, that I'm listening to political stuff for 45 hours a week. And then on Saturday, I get to dump all that out and get rid of it. You know, yeah. like that's, 
those that's the only way that these two things work together is together you know like if yep. i didn't do the podcast i have to have a different job because i can't sit and fucking work and debate with people all day this uh, the way that i need to to express that oh you yeah. know that's so, why if we like during our few weeks off last month like I tried hard not to fucking follow much because I, I straight get seriously fucking depressed because if I, if I'm ensconced in this stuff and I, I don't have a release for it in some fashion, it gets ugly real quick. Well, and that's why I did that, that live stream when we first took that break about oh, the police yeah. shooting in Paul's, but was because I had just read so much about it and was so irritated and knew that we weren't going to record on Saturday and that I needed to not record on Saturday because I had shit to get done. I was like, but I can't sit with this for another two fucking weeks and be mm-hmm. this irritated about all these dumb fucking people, you know? So I did that live stream, which I don't know whether it, it helped or not, but it, worked <laughs> it, had, I think it, it caused division, well. that's for sure. But no, it, it was good, but that's like, that's why I did that. And, um, you should you should not be afraid to do things like that. You yeah, know, I know. To just I definitely jump on. Need to pull the trigger sometimes. And you don't have to fucking. When I went on there, I was like, I'm not reading comments. I'm not fucking answering back. Like I did a couple times. Where I was like, that's not why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Like I'm here to to deal with my own shit and for y'all <laughs> motherfuckers to listen if you want, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just when I got on there, I was like, I'm not here to discuss. I'm not mm-hmm. here to debate. Like I'm here to go the fuck off for a minute. So yeah. Yeah, that's just preemptive, you know? So, so if people come in in the middle, then fuck them because they didn't watch from the beginning anyway. Yeah, exactly, but. right? <laughs> Rewind that shit, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, there was one more aspect to this healthcare stuff I wanted to yeah, touch on. Yeah, sorry. And this, this idea of this concept of like sick care versus healthcare, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, preventative medicine. Preventative medicine. One of the things, major things, mental health care, right? right? Being able to go see a therapist for you know, an affordable fucking price so that not a hundred dollars a session. Yeah. Like every single American, if they so choose should be able to go to a fucking therapist and be able to afford it. Right. And the other thing I think just due to what kind of like the more science has come out and the more research has come out, we we're starting to find out that people's nutrition, their required nutrition is very, very specifically, you know, it's design. You have to design a very specific individual case for the mm-hmm. proper diet for whatever Especially each individual for like person. People with autism, people with ADHD. There's been yeah. huge research that your diet will dr- can drastically affect mm-hmm. the way that those things like affect you. You know, massive. It's, yeah, it's. Especially in in respect to processed foods and like Mm -hmm. whole foods, you know, whether you're eating shit out of a box or you're cooking something, you know, Mm -hmm. huge fucking difference. And I'm a big believer in when I grew up or when I was growing up, I was really super picky eater, you know, my mom's a single mom. She only got so much time to argue with me about what I'm going to eat, you Mm -hmm. know. So for a long time, I ate a bunch of processed foods because that was just the easiest thing to like, just got to get dinner, get him the fuck to bed and like get over with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Chicken nuggets, all that type of shit, right? Don't start talking about all this. And I (laughs) truly, truly believe now that all those processed foods, by no fault of my mom, she's had no fucking idea that Mm -hmm. this was going to happen. No one fucking knew, but feel like that's what caused me to have all the ulcers when I was 17. I have terrible IBS now that I I have to be having some type of kale shake. I'm like, my probiotic is so fucking high. I'm fiber mm-hmm. all the time to maintain a healthy gut, mm-hmm. you know? I very much believe the processed food destroyed 
the the microbiome that lived inside of my gut mm-hmm. and it just doesn't exist anymore. So yeah. I don't I don't process things the way I should in my stomach. I feel like that that affects my anxiety. When when I don't eat correctly, I get super bloaty. I get depressed because I don't look as good. And I also get depressed because my fucking stomach hurts. I'm in the bathroom all the goddamn time. I can't go to the bathroom. I it affects my brain to oh, eat yeah. poorly. You know, like that's your whole life is affected. Yeah. You know, the the general inflammation you might have from a really you know, or high carb diet. If you're somebody that can't yeah. handle a high carb diet, can alter your mental state for Fuck one, yeah. and your physical state, everything. And I think that's something I think we need to really focus on if we're going to pass some kind of, if we're going to go down this fucking road. Yeah. And if one of these Democratic candidates becomes fucking president, this this is why it's important to look at these things and study these right. things because what the fuck if Kamala Harris becomes president? Yeah. You never fucking know. What if Elizabeth Warren wins, you know, we have to be prepared to, to be able to like enter yeah. into this discussion if this is what's going to happen. Word. And I think on like the pediatrician level, there needs to be some kind of nutrition physician that you work with as a family in like a family practice type of situation yeah. where you can get a, you know, the best diet kind of tailored to you. You know, and so as you grow up, you're giving your body and your brain the most potential to be a good, well-rounded, you know, fucking individual who's not going to have mental problems and who's not going to have some crazy fucking health problems and all this stuff. You should start it young, get people on the right diets, and then as you grow up, that sometimes your body changes. Some people become lactose intolerant or, you know, the gluten intolerance is something that it's rather prevalent not everybody has fucking celiacs yes but a lot of people are you know you eat a bunch of react well with it and your body inflames you know which causes other health problems and i think that's something that besides like the mental health care we need to focus on like the nutrition health care right because that's that could just prevent you from getting some kind of fucked up disease later on maybe you won't have diabetes maybe you won't get some kind of cancer Mm Who fucking knows? But that would—that's oh, definitely a big part of preventative medicine. For yeah, sure. God, there's probably not enough nutritionalists out there. Honestly, definitely no. not. And that's and, one of the and things. There's no I, real standard either, which is kind of but bad. It might be because people can't really afford to uh-huh. go see a nutritionalist. So <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That's one of those things. It should be a normal part of growing up and living in America is being able to go see your therapist. Being able to see your nutritionist, like I've been fucking binging pizza for two weeks or something like that. I've been out on vacation, been doing all this stuff. Yeah. You get back and you just feel like garbage. Maybe you go to your nutritionist. And says, Did I just really make myself feel like this because of my diet, or right. am I getting sick? Do I need to go see my regular doc? Well, and I feel like when we were growing up, at least, I mean, you know, whatever. When we were growing up, it was almost like. Nutritionist is like a fake job, you know, mm-hmm. like that's yeah. like, it doesn't count. Like that's fucking bullshit. Like a you're just, dippy thing. Yeah. You're just taking people's money, you know, yeah. when that's like in reality, like that's a, like, it seems like it's super important now, you know, mm-hmm. when we're grown up, it's almost like that's for pussies, you know, if you don't see nutritionists mm-hmm. because you're not just eating what you should eat. And like, mm-hmm. you know, you're being a little bitch about it. Like, yeah, but it seems like you said, like that seems pretty vital now, mm-hmm. you know, and Yep. This like they only have one last thing to say about preventive medicine, and then I gotta f- kind of get the fuck out of here. Um, yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> that's one of the things I think is also interesting about prescriptions, right? That people are always talking about prescription drug prices, and we got to lower prescription drug prices and all this stuff. Like, well, if people are really healthy, then they shouldn't be taking that many pills. You know, yeah. like, I take mm-hmm. a lot of pills every morning, but they're fucking vitamins. I'm taking fucking vitamin B and C and D. Like, they're not prescription pills I'm taking. They're vitamins I'm taking just to supplement. You know, make myself feel good in the morning. Make sure I'm topped off. I have everything I need. You know. 
but if you're healthy, you're not taking fucking 10 prescriptions. Like if you're healthy, like, and that's not to say that people who have diabetes are unhealthy. If you have mm-hmm. diabetes, you're living with diabetes, you have insulin, it's whatever. You know, I'm talking about people who are on like a fucking blood thinner and then like a blood pressure medication and then this and then this, you know, to help fight the symptoms of the other medications they're taking. Like you're mm-hmm. not healthy. Mm-hmm. You're being like maintained at a level of subpar health. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, obesity That's, is the same problem. Right. So it you know? seems it seems weird the focus on especially like Donald Trump, right? He has a huge focus on prescription drugs, you know? Your focus is not on preventative medicine. It is not on healthcare. It's like it's on sick care. It's mm-hmm. on just making people better once they are sick, yeah. not helping them stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And that should be the point. You know, is we want people to be healthy, not to just fix them when they're sick. Like I know in my house right now, I have a little bit of a sniffle. Dax has been sick for almost two weeks. Jordan is starting to get sick. Jordan's grandma is sick. And I'm not sure anybody, but I'm the only person in that house that has kale shakes two or three times a week. I'm the only person who works out multiple times a week. I'm the only person who goes on walks all the time. I'm the only one who's doing those things, who takes vitamins every morning. I'm the only one who does those things. I'm the only one who's not totally sick in that house. There's some correlation here. You know, like those two things are connected somehow. Me and Jordan live in the same environment with the same baby. And she's more sick than I am, you know? Like, there is something that connects those things. Oh, yeah. Whether it's the vitamins, whether it's the kale shake, whatever the fuck. It's probably a combination of all those things, you know? Because the baby's going to get sick regardless. Right. Babies that's, are, babies are sick all the time. Dishes. That's right. And I'm not yeah. saying there's nothing with the baby. You know, he's, he's but by eating. you being like, super healthy and taking care of yourself, you're taking care of yourself. And you don't. Right. You know aren't necessarily exposed to that. So there are there are differences there, you know? And it's Jordan doesn't eat we don't eat like complete opposite diets or everything, but I have a kale shake for breakfast when I go to work, you know? Mm-hmm. So she's sleeping still. We're not gonna have a kale shake together. I'd have them in the afternoon less frequently than in the morning because it's easier to just make them for breakfast. Mm-hmm. I work out in the morning before I go to work. So she's still asleep, you know, so we don't work out together. We go for walks like almost every day when I get home from work and stuff, but like I'm up doing something, you know, some type of core workout or just like 40 or 50 push-ups, you know, something that I'm mm-hmm. doing in the morning, you know. Mm-hmm. She doesn't take all those vitamins every day because she'll forget sometimes if I'm not there to remind her because she's yeah. fucking watching a baby, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not because she doesn't care. She's a fucking mom staying at home doing shit, you know? I'm by myself for an hour and a half in the morning. I have time to make a routine to do shit, you know? So it's yeah. not like it's she just doesn't care. Part of it's opportunity. I have yeah, the opportunity to do mm-hmm. that stuff for myself, you know? Yep. But, yeah, it's, it's the focus – in healthcare, it's very strange. It's mm-hmm. very, it very strange. You I know? think it's disingenuous. That's the big point, too. I never thought about that until you brought it up. Yeah. So next time, if you're at a place of work where there's little kids that come in on a semi-regular basis. Oh, you mean like a Benick? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and one of the little peachy dishes come in and they are sick. You watch over the next month who gets sick oh, afterwards. Yeah. And you could probably tell that they're the ones that probably just don't care their health. Right. They don't take care of their their own health well, in a pretty significant manner. Some people are going to get sick regardless. Well, and the bosses, right? I mean, Shane, who has four daughters, and then, mm-hmm. and then Tim and Nikki, whose granddaughters are those four daughters, and then Dan and Robin have like three grandchildren. So they're all around little kids all the time. Yep. They're never fucking sick. Because they take such good goddamn care of themselves, you know? They're they're yep. going for runs, they're working out every morning, they're eating crazy good, fucking kangen water, all this shit, you know? Never fucking sick, those guys. Yep. I think I probably count on one hand the amount of times that Dan has been gone from work since I've worked there because he's been sick. Yes. Not because he's on a vacation, you know what yep. I'm saying? Not counting his fucking Guillaume Beret when he literally can't get out of bed or the hospital. Yeah. Like, when he's just sick, probably less than five times in over, like, almost five years has my boss not shown him to work, but has been around sickly little fucking babies yep. the whole time. Because if you're healthy 
and you're taking care of yourself, you're going to be exposed to those germs, yeah. and your body's going to build up a natural body immunity. Just eats to them. that shit. It's yep. as long as you're in a perfectly healthy state like that. A little baby being sick is almost like getting a fucking flu shot. Yeah. Because you're getting a little bit of that virus and you're able to fight it off. And then you're even stronger next time. You're stronger mm-hmm. next time. And next thing you know, you're surrounded by sick kids and you're healthy. Right. Yeah. No, I like that shit. I'm definitely not a scientist. Don't read into that. So I think that's the last thing I have to say. Do you have any other questions or anything as far as the debates or anything no, like that? No, I mean, I'm sure I can go on with questions. Yeah, no, and that's... Yeah, um, well, no. we'll have you back again, and we'll we'll have another... This Because this was nice. This was yeah, this good. was really good. Um, and I like having Great people guess. on... To, yeah, and I like having people on to ask questions. You know, sure. mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I just want to know, like, some... Like lots of people our age, I don't have the time in my day to... So what we're like here you're, for. You're fortunate enough to have a job where you can listen to these things. Right. Like, yep, I work right. at the shipyard, so I can't bring my phone on, phone on a oh, yeah. shit right. and stuff like that. Like, I don't have the opportunity to yeah. keep up with lots of these things. So stuff yeah. like this is pretty cool. I listen when I can, you know. It's been a little stressful here the past few months, which is weird. Like, I had more time to listen to you guys. While I was in San Diego, yeah, working mm-hmm. constantly. You got your house and stuff now, and but you're yeah, always doing stuff there. Exactly. You got people over there all the time exactly. and stuff, so... No, and that's fine. And you work five minutes from your house, yeah. so it's not like you have an hour commute to listen to a podcast every mm-hmm. day. You know, even when he worked with me, he is driving forty five minutes to yep. Silverdale every day. You know, so he's got even if for whatever reason he couldn't listen at work, he's still got an hour and a half mm-hmm. every day that he's listening to the car. You know, exactly. So now um, I have like a fucking five minute commute. Yeah, Ugh, yeah, that's rough. I drive <laughs> eight minutes to work, but I have. Yeah, there's all day to be listening to podcasts. So, mm-hmm. no, I feel very lucky. I'm, I'm happy you enjoy it. I'm happy you use the resource. It's nice to have people here that, like, it's because it's cool to have guests. You're like Makai and all them, but they, they don't, they're not polit- they're not politically driven. They don't, mm-hmm. not that they don't give a shit, but they, they got other shit that's going on, you know? So, but it's nice to have people here that, like, watch the show, listen to the show, oh, for sure. that, like, actually give I, a shit I'd when they have shit time, about you know? Shit that affects me, you know? Yeah. What I mean? Yeah. So, lots of this shit. Comes in, comes into play with me, Medicare shit like Especially that. Especially now that you're a homeowner, yeah, you're like oh, a, yeah, sure. you're a real you're a real adult in America yeah. now that you own a house. So unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> taxes and shit actually really matter now. Like yep. it's not just more or less money on a paycheck. It's that when you file your taxes in the year and you have to pay for mm-hmm. your house, you might get fucked. Yep. So yep. It's, yeah. No, I and that's good. Like I said, I appreciate it. I'm happy you enjoy it. I'm happy you're using the resource. It's we are definitely here not for any political leaning, just for people to understand what's going on. You know, and that's mm-hmm. why. We're talking about things like Flint or, you know, racism across America. I'm not, my intent is never to be divisive. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's to explain to people that there are evidence on both sides of what's going on here that's legitimate, you know, needs to be considered. And you take that and you make your own, make up your own mind afterwards, Mm -hmm. you know, but I just, I want everyone to have all the information I can possibly fucking gather for them, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I'm, I'm happy you enjoy it. I'm happy you like the, I'm happy you like the show. We're really happy to have you here. It was a really good podcast. I got just a couple of sports things, I think. Um, I'll see what we got in my notes here. Ezekiel Elliott still holding out. <laughs> Motherfucker's still yeah, not showing up to camp. Yep. Motherfucker's mm-hmm. still not showing. Yep. Michael Thomas. Yep, he got paid. Goddamn, dog. Michael Thomas, a wide receiver for the Saints. Signed you a, had him last year. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's signed a five-year, $100 million mm-hmm. contract, 61 guaranteed. Yep. Oh, wide receiver in NFL history. Yep. Well, he's he making deserves like, it. He's making like sixteen a year. He's mm-hmm. making dumb fucking money. So this year is his last year of his rookie deal. He's going to make one point one nine five million dollars next year. He's going to walk in and make sixteen and a half million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Literally sixteen times your salary next year when yep. you come in. Yeah, a cool fucking mill for every game that you show up. Like. 
What, dog? I like what? numbers. Yep. And it took them a while to like get to a point where they agreed to like his. There was a couple of days where he didn't he didn't show up to camp, mm-hmm. but it only took two or three days because he's fucking good. That's awesome. Melvin Gordon's still holding out. He asked for a trade last week. Yep. He was like, "Listen, if you ain't gonna sign me, just trade me." He's Somebody like, "Listen, Texans. no, <laughs> yeah, no." The Maybe. Texans could use yeah. a Melvin Gordon. They could yeah. use a Melvin Gordon. Got to stay healthy though. That's yeah, a good thing too. Melvin Gordon would be good with a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, who also runs because mm-hmm. it would take the focus off him, and that's why mm-hmm. like Todd Gurley, I feel like worked in LA because at least Jared Rock Goff would run a little he bit, moves. you know? Yeah, he he's moves. moving so. There's pressure on Gurley, but not constantly, you mm-hmm. know. And if you're gonna Phillip's do play action, like uh, Tom Brady, like slow, staying in the pocket. Yeah. Like I'm moving only when I have to. Like, when he does move, he's slow. Yeah. He's not fast. To watch Tom Brady run, you're almost like, oh my god! Mm-hmm. Like, how are you an athlete? Like, what <laughs> the fuck? But I guess Tom Brady gained a little bit of weight this year in like muscle. Like he tried to build some more mass so he can Go throw get a little gains, bit harder. Bro. Better, yeah. His shoulder is fucked now because he's like 43. So. Yes. He's been throwing for way too long, so now he needs more muscle to throw farther because he can't throw deep ball for dick now because he's so fucking old. Brother so, needs to just retire. He, that's why Holy Julian Edelman's so quits. good is because Julian Edelman's like, here, I'm five yards downfield. Yep. I'm right here. Make that pass. <laughs> you can definitely make a five-yard pass still fast White, as shit. Yeah. yeah, and if and that's the thing. Like I remember watching like uh fucking Joey Bosa, like so like him being mic'd up playing mm-hmm. against the Pats. And he's like he's like quit throwing the yep, ball so quit, fast. So quick. And Tom's like he's like quit well, getting here so he, quick. Exactly. He's like, <laughs> but he knows he's gonna have James White, Julian mm-hmm. Elman right there. So even if someone else downfield isn't open yet, he's gonna just dump the ball off before Joey Bosa gets there, mm-hmm. you know? <sighs> Stupid. And then his fucking brother Nick Bosa signed like the biggest like DN contract, man. yeah, dude. 49ers, we're on the up. Dumb fucking big contract for Nick Bosa. <laughs> yeah. They didn't want him to hold out like Joey did because they know he would have. He's absolutely super to his brother, and his brother would have been like, "Get paid, son, yeah, hold exactly. out." Like, no, I did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So uh, it's that shit's wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pats are signing Cameron Meredith, so he'll be there for a year. Decent. Yeah, they need some more receivers over mm-hmm. there. Um, let's see. The Broncos won in the Hall of Fame game against the Falcons. They got this nasty fucking touchdown right in the end where Jared just t- tapped his that, toes. Yeah. Oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's always a sloppy game, that first Hall of Fame game. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so the Panthers center, Ryan Khalil, who retired like just a few months ago, oh, no. came out of retirement and he just signed with the Jets. <laughs> so he signed yeah. with the Jets. That's a big signing for the Jets, actually. Yeah. That's a huge because he's a good center. Fuck yeah. That's crazy. One year, eight so, and a half million dollars. Le'Veon Bell, he got a little more protection in yeah. there. Theo Riddick looking like he's going to sign with the Broncos. Melvin Gordon asked for a trade. Um, let's see here. Trey Boston, he's a veteran safety signing with the Panthers. One year, $3 million. Zeke's still not a fucking camp. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, let's see. They can't see. pay all three of those guys. All three of them. No, especially if... Somebody's going. Especially if Dak <laughs> is able to, like, do well, you mm-hmm. know? Because the quarterback market is in such a place where he can argue for a fuckload of money anyway because that's just where the market is at. Mm-hmm. But he's also not good enough that his argument is not too strong, you know? Well, he, he like, was – I wouldn't say he was bad, but he wasn't by any means wasn't great excellent. before right. Amari Cooper. 
Right. And so that definitely helped. And so they know that mm-hmm. there needs to be this kind of, at least a duo, maybe a trifecta for them mm-hmm. to be really good, you know? And That's Zeke is. the main selling point there for sure. And Zeke is good enough. Like his trouble on the sidelines is, is something else, but like he's not hurt really, mm-hmm. you know? He's very consistent. He fucking trucks like a motherfucker. He's starting to catch the ball he last got two year. rushing titles or something like that. Yep. Like, and then last year, once Cooper was there, he was catching the ball so goddamn much mm-hmm. that he had stupid like fantasy points and shit at hell catches yep. so so is that like a thing kind of like the original legion of boom where once it started to fall apart it just wasn't really the legion of it, boom anymore? yeah it just kind of goes all those know, people and, together and so they're trying to kind of figure out a way to hold these three together because mm-hmm. the cowboys are in a decent enough position their their defense is is pretty good their linebacker course fucking great yep. sean lee and van der Esch, you have their an D-line. amazing yeah their d-line is good even though you lost those two fucking d linemen mm-hmm. for to weed you still have demarcus lawrence and shit yep. you got some other guys um their defense is good enough that they like they can make a run. Mm-hmm. You know, they could make a run if Dak has a good year, if Zeke has a good year, if Amari has a good year, they all stay healthy. Like they can do it. You know, they they have the juice that they could do it. Well, they're about but, time for another run. It's been a long time, hasn't it? They're trying. Yeah. But if if uh my money's on the Eagles out there, Carson <sighs> I just think he's a much better quarterback. I He's good. Yeah. A lot of people are still really hyped on the Browns. I think Browns will be good, but I don't think they're going to the bowl. You know, people are like, Browns for the they'll fucking Super Bowl, year, man. They'll yeah, be they'll year, be though. good. There's no way you can't be good with all that talent. Right, right. There's no way. Because their defense wasn't bad last year. No, either. not and at all. They've only added more to they've it. So, yeah. And their defense is young, too. So It sucked when they got rid of Jabril. Point. If they would have been able to keep Jabril Peppers, right. they'd be in an even better spot. No, but solid. But they had to trade him. They traded him to get Odell, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that sucks because if they could have kept Jabril, they'd be in a great fucking spot. Yep. Jabril Peppers is a great fucking safety. Great safety. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Odell and Jarvis. Jarvis will be opened up to having Odell mm-hmm. issues. So that'd be nice. Possession I'm, I'm looking forward to the NFC receiver. West battles this year, though. You know, the Cardinals, they got a Ky- Kyler, Mur- uh, Kyler Murray. Niners will be good this yep. year. We finally got a good D-line. If Jimmy Garoppolo G can stay healthy, back, too. Yeah, if so. Garoppolo stays healthy. That motherfucker was just running stupid last year. I'm just yep. making poor decisions. But if he <laughs> wise up a little bit in the offseason – Plays a little more reserved with himself, yeah. you know. Like definitely keep throwing the fucking stay, ball. Stay but in the pocket, move when you have to. Keep you yourself know? safe, dog. Yeah. Keep yourself safe. Yeah, because the season that, went to shit. With our run game, though, you know, we got Tevin Coleman out there now. So Tevin Coleman, our run game yeah. already wasn't bad last year, but no, we'll see. You got Tevin Coleman. You still have Brita. You still have Jeff Wilson. McKinnon's so, coming back too. Yep, yep. We and that was nice. Big bucks. Signed him for a fuckload mm-hmm. of money, and then for him to be gone, I thought it was weird. They signed McKinnon for so much fucking money. And then signed Tevin Coleman, Coleman for so a fuckload of money. Yeah. yeah. It's super weird. And they're both pass kitchen running backs. Mm-hmm. So I got to imagine they're going to be running. I think they're doing two back stuff. It, that's, mm-hmm. I got to imagine, yeah, that they're going to be running a lot of that type of shit. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of some, Which is cool. some shotgun like stuff. Which is cool. I'm a 49ers fan perspective, but. From a fantasy owner's perspective, that kind of sucks. Sucks for everyone, yeah. <laughs> where, where are you picking up? Yeah, I got to imagine they're going to be doing quite a bit of shotgun, running some two wide or some yep. two running back shit, you know. Just setting it up for Jimmy G to make some choices mm-hmm. and air that fucking thing out, you yeah. know. So they then you got the Rams still. The Rams are going to be contender again. Fucking Rams, dude. Seahawks got Russell Wilson, which I'm kind of disappointed with him taking all that money. Dude, hell cash. You knew you had to pay yeah. him. Like, you knew you had yeah. to pay him. There's no he, option he had, but to not pay he him. He had the, their hands tied. He was. But now you have to, you're in a position where you have to hope for a Legion of Boom type of shit where you make a bunch of good draft mm-hmm. picks mm-hmm. and that like DK Metcalf is amazing. Yep. You know, that he breaks out. He's amazing. The Tyler Lockett if DK Metcalf dude. breaks out, then you guys might have one of the best because Russell Wilson's 
a great deep ball thrower. I, I hate yeah. to admit it, but that would be wa- watching him shuffle around and then hucking it up, you know, he, I don't even understand how the ball goes so, so high, high and still lands in there. Just <laughs> the right where it's supposed spot. to. Yeah, if they but, can be synced up, oh yeah. that will be dangerous mm-hmm. because there is maybe three, four corners in the league that will keep up with Metcalf and be able to, like, stay with him the whole time. And then you, you got know? Lockett. He's lost a step from injuries, but he's still mm-hmm. quick. And he's, uh, and him and Wilson who, are like this. Who's the other boy you guys? Uh, David, David fucking – David DJ Moore. Yeah. Yeah, because David Moore's over in Carolina. You guys I got some speed out there. Shit. Yeah. But, and then, like, Amar Darbo's back, and all of our running backs are healthy for now, mm-hmm. you know? I know, because pro size can't make it through a whole fucking year healthy, but – Hmm. Carson looks good. Penny looks good. You know, don't so. sleep on the Cardinals though. I, it's something they got a new uh, system coming into the NFL. Fit Kyler stayed Murray around for a reason. Still got David Johnson. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Fit stayed Fitz around there for a for reason. reason. One of the best wide receivers of all time. I don't think he's going to have an off year. No, no, <laughs> no. He's going to be good. NFC West is going to be interesting. I love NFC NFC West battles. Fuck yeah. First, uh, our first preseason game is on Thursday for the Hawks, um, and then the first actual game is on the eighth. Play the Bengals on the eight. I'm excited. It's coming quick. Fuck on the Bengals that first game. It's going to be sick. All right. So that is it, unless you guys have anything else that you want to add in there. I'm um, good. I'm just going to pick a line, and we are going to get the fuck out of here. Um, you know, Con, it's, it's all right. Just keep doing what you're doing, because that way, if you get caught, it's not weird. You're just a guy who likes to fuck his flashlight. Don't fucking fuck on my flashlight. <laughs> 